warning, pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 341. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about It's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, can't erase it, let's embrace it, Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture. Leftovers, uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers, sure the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Are, are, are you ready for the only podcast hotter than a human torch? It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. Where? And we're the Leftovers. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't join in. I raised my coffee cup in the air when I said we're the leftovers too, like you? it was some grand salute. <laughs> who 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 was not the team player in that scenario? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that was me. Either either way. I didn't even say it, Jake. I didn't even join yeah. you. I just started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, this is ridiculous. We do this every week. And we're in a leftover. It's some musketeers bullshit every fucking week. Yeah, it's hardly Avengers Assemble. I know, yeah. Except, except you don't get that until episode 400 when I finally say that. Oh, yeah. We should have, uh, we should have stuck to that script. Oh shit, that joke didn't land. That was like, it was like one of those things like you think he's gonna say it in every movie and he doesn't. And so like I was saying, like we didn't say it until episode four. Yeah, wow. Off to a great start. <laughs> when are they finally gonna say we're the leftovers? That's all I want. <laughs> no. Oh my god. We're not, we're not, hey, Jake, thank God we're not alone this week because like, the banter between us right now is just like, it's garbage. It's fucking, this, this is made for a landfill. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, hold on. Before I introduce the guest, I was fucking driving around and there's a cemetery, right? I hate, mm-hmm. I hate driving by cemeteries. I think about death way too fucking much. And driving by a cemetery does not help. It's just like, oh shit, we're all gonna die. That's, that's what goes through my head every fucking, I know I'm getting morbid. <laughs> I know I'm getting morbid, but every time I drive by a goddamn cemetery, that's all I think. It's like, oh yeah, we're all gonna die. We don't know what's gonna happen. Is it gonna be black? Where are we gonna go? I don't know. It's crazy. What's the afterlife like? Is there an afterlife? I don't know. I, I, so, and, and I'm like, fuck. But behind, <laughs> This cemetery was a fucking, like, dump, like, fucking, like, garbage all over the goddamn place. And I'm thinking to myself, like, 
who the fuck buys their loved one a plot next to a fucking dump? <laughs> that like that like you're dead. And that's what you get to overlook for the rest of your fucking like afterlife, your death. You know, if our spirits are floating around out there after we're dead and you got fucking, you know, it goes dark and then all of a sudden the, the, the ghouls and ghosts rise up from the grave and they, that's what they're looking at is a fucking dump. <laughs> and like, and then you go, count cemetery. Yeah. It's fucking terrible. And then like, uh, you go to drop roses and flowers or whatever the fuck you do at the grave as a symbol of, Whatever, and then you gotta look at fucking <laughs> garbage the entire fucking time. You gotta bring more flowers just to get rid of the putrid fish smell. Yeah, like bring a bottle of Febreze. That'd be more, that'd be better <laughs> than fucking going there with fucking daisies. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't know. It's like, what's the, where's the symbolism in that? Life is crap. Yeah, that's fucked up. I normally love driving by cemeteries. I, hate I, it. I think it's kind of cool. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Uh, just and then you look at the you look at the fucking names on there. Wallace, John Wallace. Who the fuck was he? Now he's just a fucking stone. In the there's a fucking tombstone there. Is that a movie character? I feel like that name is so familiar. Ah, uh, Wallace was fucking the Braveheart guy, right? William, yeah, Wall- William, William Wallace. William Wallace, and then they fucking did something with his nutsack at the end of that movie. I guarantee they did something with his dick at the end. That's when he was, you know what I mean? <laughs> I thought they mooned people. I thought it was the ass. No, when they fucking finally catch him, and he's laying down, and they got him all tied up, and they're torturing him. There's a shot of him, and he's in excruciating pain, and they're doing something below his waist. You don't see it, but I guarantee they're doing something with his dick. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. God, I haven't watched that movie in forever. I probably won't ever watch it again, to be honest with you. Yeah. Ah, we've got a guest. Oh, God damn it. This episode fucking terrible. <laughs> we went from talking about death to Mel Gibson dying as William Wallace and getting his balls fucking cut off or some shit. Yeah, penis dismemberment. Penis dismemberment. Stephanie Chapman, welcome. <laughs> Hi there. <laughs> what an intro. Thank you so much yeah. for having me. I'm excited to be back. Yeah, just two weeks later and you're back. <laughs> yeah. Talking I, about penis dismemberment. Penis dismemberment. And yeah, why, I do not remember that part. Why isn't the penis on the game like on a game of hangman? Why 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 don't you erase the penis? I mean, that, that's like a handicap. You can add a penis if the person's really dumb and they need one more line. Hmm? Okay. All right. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you threw a monkey wrench into my whole, you know, let's, 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 ab- let's abandon this one, Jake. Let's, I mean, <laughs> I'm throwing you on the life preserver right now. Yeah. God damn. Oh, God, I hate this episode already. I do. I fucking hate it. Stephanie, welcome back. Happy to have you. Thank you. I'm happy to be back. I hope you can bring something to this. I will do my best. (laughs) Please. I need it. I fucking need it this week. I need it this week. Oh, my God. I wish I was like, I wish I could call upon, you know what I mean? Like, like the, uh, like Shazam can call upon like the, the, the gods and shit and, 
Shazam! Like, I can't do nothing. I'm just out here naked, Jake, with nothing. This week I feel like I've got nothing. I got nothing to give. No, I hear you. I'm starting to feel like I'd rather be going through penis dismemberment than this episode. Oh, my God. I'd rather watch you go through penis dismemberment <laughs> than this episode. I'm not quite there where I want to get penis dismemberment, but I'll fucking I'll partake in the viewing party. <laughs> Give it an hour. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they, they really did it. They, they really whacked that thing off. <laughs> Jake does not look like he's enjoying it. <laughs> So that's what that's like. Wow. Wow. Okay. Uh, hey, you know what? I want to wish one of our listeners a happy birthday. Notice it was their birthday today. Brooke Doherty. All right. Happy birthday, Brooke. Happy Yay, birthday. Happy birthday. birthday. By the time you hear this, uh, Brooke, uh, by the time Brooke hears this, three weeks will have gone by. <laughs> yeah, she's perpetually like two or three episodes behind too. So, so happy, happy belated birthday. Bro. Yeah, happy belated birthday. We're on time, but yeah, who knows? Anyway, you're not. Oh man, birthday birthdays. We're all gonna die though. <laughs> One day your loved ones will bury you next to a fucking dump. It's inevitable. It's oh. inevitable. It was just. A, it was. Disg- it was just a. Disgusting scene, Jake. <laughs> Garbage all over the place. Wow. I, I bet you do save money, though, getting buried there. Yeah, it's got to be cheaper. That's fucked up. Like, that's in the conversation? Yeah, there was that one time where mom was kind of cunt. 50% off right now. <laughs> the, throw, the throwing in the tombstone. The engraving is 25% off. Yeah. I bet we could save even more money if we buried her in the dump. Oh, yeah. Just fucking, yeah, just chuck her in there. (laughs) 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 Anyway. Yeah, we got iTunes reviews and shit. Let's read those. Here we go. iTunes reviews. It's one star All right, iTunes reviews. Jake, maybe these will pick us up. Yeah, not very likely, but maybe. All right, love the uh, the uh, constant optimism from my co-host. <laughs> it's a uh, thank you, Jake. You're a uh, I don't know. You're a beacon of sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a real lighthouse over here. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. Oh yeah, we got uh, uh, one. It's from Jable, Jable fifty five fifty eight, and it's titled Jaws. And he goes on to say, Jaws Blu Ray. I'd rather have a McDonald's fish sandwich. And it's a five star from Jable five 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 eight. That's it. There you go. Yeah. Did he think that was funny at some point? Uh. Probably. I mean, it, 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 you know, it ties in with a, with what we talked about. We had that Jaws contest and then we had a whole thing about, uh, we talked about the McDonald's fish sandwich and he was like, you know what? I'm going to take these two topical things, mash them up and hilarity will ensue. 
Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, valiant effort, valiant effort. I, I don't know. Even though I was like a champion of the uh, filet fish I'd still rather have a Jaws Blu-ray. You got? Did you get it? I did. I did. It was pretty hilarious. It came addressed to Michelle, and she texted me, "What the fuck is this Jaws Blu-ray addressed to me for?" I sent it to Michelle because it was kind of fucked up if I sent it to my co-host. No, yeah, I, I kind of connected the dots and figured that out, but it, it was yeah. funny. It made for a uh, funny text exchange. I didn't really want to open that up on the podcast, but here we, here we are doing that. <laughs> ah, it's inevitable. Just can't can't dodge any bullets on this show, can you? No, and I wonder if yeah. the filet of fish was made from Jaws. Like maybe that's the tie-in. And there's no real shark in those things. There's no real fish. So no way. I don't know. You don't think they're real fish? In the filet of fish? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never had one, but I would—I was assumed it was real fish. A, I, I mean, I could just be naive. It's a fish. It's a bottom-feeding fish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like fish tails and eyeballs, like, ground up. That's and formed into a patty. I guess it's better as a human being to be buried in a cemetery next to a dump than be a fish and end up in somebody's stomach and then come out their butt. Ugh. These are, yeah. Well, I don't know. At least you get to go on a journey there. Oh, yeah. That's true. <laughs> that's true. And then you go back into the water. So it all works out. Yeah, that's fucking beautiful. That's, that's the circle. Oh, of life. my God. Yeah. That's like, that's like a, that's like a Viking's funeral right there. <laughs> instead of, instead of a flaming arrow and a send off, you know, the fucking Asgard or whatever the fuck, Valhalla. And you go down the toilet. It's just like this episode. <laughs> oh my god uh, blah, 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 blah. next one comes from this is terrible Jake I want to end it right now it's going to be worse it's oh go- I, I thought you meant the iTunes review no I'm talking about the episode this one that we're recording right now <laughs> alright at the end I, I see like the giant cane coming out and just dragging us off the air oh my god like the gong show like that guy yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bed pod, best podcast ever. Changed my mind. This comes from Dummy V. Count, Dummy V Count. Uh, this podcast is the best out there for pop culture news. Uh, where others stick to one theme. Brian, Jake, and their awesome guests talk about everything you want to know about the previous week. Download old episodes and you won't be disappointed either. Three exclamation points. So thank you. Dummy V count and they sent a uh, follow-up email and they said uh, in the email you don't have to read this on air but you can if you want it will be a little long giggity so uh, not going to read it um, <laughs> that, <laughs> did they actually put giggity yeah <laughs> oh my god yeah <laughs> no I'll read it just want to thank you for being there for us amidst all the things going on in the world. I look forward to your podcast week to week. I can't seem to get enough of you and your guests, so I have been listening to old episodes. I stumbled across the episode where you got your first, like all good leftovers, say in their doggy bags, to the episode of Man of Steel, where y'all had to record it twice, to the Batman v Superman episode where everyone made fun of Scoot McNary. Oh, and I love the way you say his name, Scoot McNatty. I'm not going to do it right now. Uh, listening to you, <laughs> it might make the episode better, but I'm not going to. Listening, listen, like a walrus. Like, do your trick, walrus. Yeah, I know. It's a, no, it's a seal. 
<laughs> oh, same thing. Tomato, tomato. Tomato, tomato. A walrus and a seal. <laughs> walrus have giant tusks, and the seals don't have tusks. And the seals bounce they the ball. Both can do tricks for fish, right? Yeah, but the seals bounce the ball on their nose. <laughs> you got me. The walrus. <laughs> what are you? you fu- <laughs> what, what, <laughs> who is the walrus in the Beatles? Oh, I don't know. Is it Lennon? Yeah, I think it was John. Yeah, he's the one who sings he's the walrus. Yeah. Oh, man. I don't know what the fuck that song means. He did a lot of drugs before I wrote that one. I'm trying to bail you out for fucking confusing a walrus and a seal. (laughs) And then you say tomato, tomato. (laughs) What's a seal do you like? Sing Kiss from a Rose? Oh, God damn it. Now I gotta Uh... bail you out for that one. <laughs> you know, you, you know, you know what fucking uh, endorsement fucking seals never gonna get fucking hired for proactive. Anyway, <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what a deep heartfelt song that is for such a fucking campy dumpster fire of a movie. Oh, I know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's classic 90s fucking music for oh, you. Shit. <sighs> listening to your old episodes, mate. Yeah, we got this email. Uh, listening to your old... <laughs> still, still going over this thing. Listening to your old episodes makes me want to go back and watch movies I haven't watched in years. I love listening to y'all when I do my morning routines, traveling, or just chores around the house. Anyways... I know I'm rambling, but I do enjoy the show and look forward to each and every episode. And that comes from Dummy V Count. So thank you, Dummy V Count. Dummy V Count. Yeah, it's, it's, okay. it's a weird spelling. I don't know how to pronounce it. So maybe don't, and, and, and maybe you don't have to follow up and tell me. <laughs> 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 I'm kidding. I'm, I really do appreciate people. I, this made me happy. Reading this email this week. I'm not gonna lie. Like, you know, sometimes I have a shitty week and, and it's nice getting these where people are actually like, you know, they love the podcast and they go back and listen to old episodes. Might be, might be roasting you a little bit, busting your balls like I'm fucking Dean Martin or some shit. But I fucking, I love this shit. So thank you. I really do appreciate it. Did that sound sincere? Yeah, that always blows my mind when we get those letters like that, that people actually mm-hmm. like, oh, I love it so much. I'm going to go listen to the whole, the whole library. The whole catalog. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I say it like that? That was dumb. <laughs> the whole catalog. Uh, uh, this one comes from Rutledge's Woody. Every, everybody's topical. We talked about Rutledge Wood. With Joe Stark on that floor is lava. He was the host. And, uh, this person makes their, their iTunes name Rutledge's Woody. And it goes on to yeah. say, oh, Stephanie sorry, is sorry. not impressed. <laughs> Stephanie is not impressed, sir. <laughs> <laughs> it's titled Interesting to Say the Least. It's a five star. Just started listening about a week ago during my gym workouts. Love the explicitly content, uh, explicit content, both on and off-topic conversations. Uh, give me a taste of the advertised content of what is good and bad. Thank you for making this possible during an oversaturated subject. This is much better than the conspiracy show I've been listening to 
keep it up so I can laugh randomly during sets. Uh, great replay value of content. Host needs to stop being hard on himself. No, I agree. <laughs> I, I was just going to say that. I agree. <laughs> if trust me, trust me. Like, I, and here's the thing. When I come out and I say, this episode sucks, I really do feel at the time that the episode sucks. And I never think it's the guest. 90% of the time, I don't think it's the guest. I think it's me. It's like, oh my God, I, I am just sucking it up this episode. But you know what? Maybe that's what this show needs. Maybe the show just needs a self-deprecating, self-loathing host. Yeah, it wouldn't be the same show if you were just like, yeah, best episode ever. I can't. I can't. I'm not like that. Oh, my God. Ugh. Do you still think it sucks even after you listen to it back, or do you not listen to it back before you post it so you don't have to change your opinion? Mm, I, I've found out, like, I've had to, most recently, I have been listening to certain parts, because I there's times where, like, I will get, and I'm totally being serious, like, Dan West will send me a message, like, oh my god, that part where you talked about this, and I don't remember it. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> it's not like I'm blackout drunk or anything, I just don't remember, like, how it came up or what it was said, so I will listen, and I think, like, the best way, yeah, this is, this, this listen to this podcasters, if any podcasters are listening, I think the best way to kind of improve your podcast is to go back and listen, um, it, it's surely not helping with this one, but I think sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it does help. So, but every once in a while yeah. I have to go back and listen to something that we talked about because I don't remember how it came up or like where the conversation went. It gets so wacky and random sometimes that it makes total sense that you would have no idea why we were talking about that in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. And like Dan sent me something and I'd be like, Oh my god, I did not say that. <laughs> he's like, Yeah he's like, Yes you did. I'm like, oh, Here's man. the timestamp, bitch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh final one comes from uh Squid underscore Inc. And it's titled Tupperware This Podcast. Uh PCL has become one of my favorite podcasts. When I see that there's a new episode up, I get excited. I know I'm in for a good three to four hours of in-depth conversation about movies and television from Brian and co-hosts and guests. <laughs> Jake is not mentioned by name. <laughs> Maybe he started last week. <laughs> as well as a healthy dose of filthy humor. Oh, I love that filthy humor. Oh, that makes me feel good. That warms the cockles of my heart, Jake. Filthy humor. Oh man, that's a, that's something. That's a word that your mom would use if she caught your porn. If she she found your porn under your bed, that's filthy. This is filthy. My mom and my mom wouldn't just say that it's filthy. She would like she would like uh, enunciate it to the point. Not even enunciate. But she would just say the word filthy in such a way that it would fucking like it would like hurt you to your core that's filthy brian filthy and she and then she she would reiterate it so it, it would start with that's filthy brian and then she would reiterate it by saying filthy again yeah i can't help but feel embarrassed after that oh yeah yeah and so that, that yeah <laughs> and then your mom knows what like kind of porn you're into mom, <laughs> trust me it's like mom when i was a kid any porn that I found, I was into. It, it, it wasn't easily accessible. I didn't have the fucking internet like these kids today, where I could just search whatever the fuck I wanted to. Like, basically anything I found, like, that was the new fucking, that was it. That was the new thing. 
<laughs> I was very you, like dirty magazines, like stashed under your bed or whatever. Shit, you find you find them in the woods when we were kids. Sometimes, mm-hmm. oh yeah, you find them in the woods. I would take them. I would take them home and like cut them out, and then I would like put them in like notebooks, and then like so they're like in these notebooks, and then I would flip like it just looked like a notebook. But you had to like flip to the right pages, and I knew those pages. I knew where they were. <laughs> I knew, I knew where those pages were. You know, so yeah. And it was like a notebook that I had lying around for a long time. That if she would have looked into it previously, she wouldn't have found anything. So now I'm thinking that notebook's safe. It's totally safe jerk off material. Don't have to worry about it. Got one over on you, mom. <laughs> I really went into detail on that. I didn't even finish. You did. Yeah. <laughs> right, let's see. Uh, they, they provide, this is dumb. Jake, I hate this one. Uh oh. I tell you which one I'm not going to be listening to is this one. They provide a this great episode. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to this one, Jake. Huh. The one, yeah, right now, everything we're saying right now, you're, you're dumb. I thought maybe you meant the review. No, you're dumbfounded reaction, everything. All of it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jake. My mouth was agape. J- Jake's been gone for two weeks and I'm treating him like shit. <laughs> <laughs> they provide a great weekly. I didn't even say welcome back, you know? <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, Jake's back, everybody. All right, I'm taking another two week break. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) they provide a great weekly. I don't know. I feel like this episode, like I got to explain everything to you. I'm catching back up. I'm out of the loop, man. (laughs) (laughs) They provide a greatly, a great weekly overview of the film and television landscape, letting me know what shows and movies are worth seeking out. In the parlance, there's a word for you. In the parlance, Whoa. I know. And I had to look it up. I had no idea what the fuck parlance I'm looking was. Looking it up right now. Yeah. In the in the parlance of the show, this podcast should be Tupperware. So that comes from Squid underscore Inc. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a that was a judgmental. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, I just I, I was reading the definition of parlance, and I was I wasn't impressed by the usage. I was thinking it was parlay, that thing that fucking pirates do. Oh yeah, it's like a kind of like a truce. Yeah, I, I, uh, I request parlay or whatever they say, you know. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I have no idea what you're talking about. What? Uh, neither does anybody else listening. <laughs> so, well, welcome to our audience's reactions. <laughs> the, the one thing that Jake did understand was the parlay thing. <laughs> oh my fucking god um we're all gonna die and be buried next to a dumpster um let's see here yeah what do we got uh we got uh an email here so yeah thanks for the itunes reviews everybody Uh, we do like them thank you for the five stars do appreciate them yeah it's hard to tell but we do like them yeah it is like yeah I don't know, man. Like, if we came on here and we were just like, we were just like, oh my god, thank you so much, thank you so much. I want to, you know, I want to play hard to get a little bit. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. Yeah, it makes us more desirable that way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, if I was just all like, thank you, 
Oh, thank you so much. Everybody'd be like, "Listen, to this pandering bitch." Yeah, oh my god, it's just so easy. Just so fucking easy. Oh my god, just a fucking gaping hole wanting to be fucked all the time. <laughs> but no, man, I got my legs crossed and shit. I might even do that Sharon Stone shit where I fucking like I'd give you a little glimpse of it, and I'm like, ah, ah, it's gone now. Hope you, <laughs> hope you caught you it. You can't see anything in that clip. I'm so sorry to go. I've rewound that clip multiple times and still can't see anything. Is it just me? You can see her puss. Can you? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's just maybe with the lighting on my television. I'm like, I want to. Oh, I found you, little... <laughs> you gotta watch the widescreen version. You can't watch it on full screen. Oh, maybe that. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> I feel. Jake, Jake, Jake is giving his own fucking director's commentary on Basic Instinct right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, if you watch it in full screen, you never even see the ice pick either. Yeah, if you if you fucking if you watch it in 4K, you can actually see that she's doing a quick Kegel exercise when she's doing that. <laughs> you guys fucking suck. <laughs> <laughs> I call it the four Kegel cut. Um, four Kegel. <laughs> uh, Pete, Pete Fenlon sends us a uh, uh, an email here. Finally, stop being lazy is the subject. And it goes on to say, hey, Brian, Jake, and current – Jake, he, he capitalized my name. Your name is – the J is uh, – it, it is not capitalized, sir. Yeah, I'm going to blame – he is lazy then. He just let his auto word do it. <laughs> Fucking type that shit out, asshole. Oh my god. Oh man. Oh man. Shots fired. Oh my god. Cause it's, it's, well, if he's gonna tell us he's not lazy and then immediately you can tell he used auto word, then fuck that. Man. Yeah, cause it says Brian. Oh, it's like capital, dude. And it's like that my, the B in my name is looking down on your little puss ass J. It's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like looking down at that shit, like, look at this little bitch. Oh man, yeah. the rest of my J is gonna duck under the line. <laughs> hey Brian, comma, Jake, and current guest, aka <laughs> <laughs> guest is capitalized. <laughs> I was taking away from that joke myself. <laughs> That's not true. Guess is not capitalized. AKA, <laughs> AKA victim to the insane tangents. Been listening for a while now. Started back before Star Wars Force Awakens. I have just been so lazy and have just soaked up the content quietly. I did do an iTunes review, but I'm in the UK and it's a pain for you guys to see it. After listening to you last, the last few weeks and hearing listening numbers are down, I wanted to send my love for you guys. I am an engineer and have started my weeks since Aaron from the Nerds podcast recommended you guys. Thank you, Aaron from Nerds. If you guys aren't Aaron listening. From Nerds. Yeah, Aaron. Aaron Claude Miller from Nerds. Thank you, sir. That's fuck. You know, you know what other listener we got from Nerds? Jake? Who that? Well, it was actually when Aaron had, uh, his podcast called Nerd Porn. Nana Pratt. I wonder what Nana was looking up that day when he found Aaron's podcast. Hmm. <laughs> Slave Leia pictures. Hmm. <laughs> Pretty much. Love you, Nana. <laughs> but Nana was listening to Aaron on Nerd Porn and then 
I somehow like, you know, he was maybe talking about PCL and then Nana started listening to us and now Nana's a good friend of our show. So this is another listener from Aaron from Nerds and listen to Nerds the podcast. It's fantastic. They talk video games. I love Keith, Jesse and Aaron. They're fantastic. Um, yeah. I have also had to keep working during the current pandemic. Jake, we got an engineer listening to this show. Oh, I was going to comment on that, too. He is way too smart for us. What the fuck, right? <laughs> yeah. We're morons. You could do better, guy. Dude, I'm a fuck. <laughs> I, 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 I am a legit idiot. Oh, me too. And, like, <laughs> you're smarter than me. I don't know. <laughs> I think it. I think it waffles any given day. <laughs> no, I think you think you're dumb. Just trying to keep up with my and my my insane bullshit. <laughs> like I make you feel dumb because you're like I'm supposed to know this dumb shit that he's talking about right now. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. No, I think like I think you started off like super smart on this podcast. I think like over time, I've made you dumber. <laughs> it's like idiocracy. <laughs> <laughs> Do you mean an idiocracy? I love that. Mike Judge, like they show the progression of like civilization, human beings getting dumber over time, and they keep showing that that hamburger restaurant. It's a real restaurant called Fuddruckers, and by the end of it it just says it's just called like motherfuckers or something I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, moving um it's a great movie yeah uh, you guys are brilliant oh wait hold on <laughs> I, I i have also had i i skipped ahead that's how dumb i am i have also had to keep working during the current pandemic and you guys not stopping recording has helped me keep a sense of normality to my week and can help keep me sane. You guys are brilliant. And Brian, you may say your episodes are shit, but my personal opinion is you're awesome and everyone always brings something fun. Um, well, I think if I carry on, I'm going to write an essay full of random shit and questions because I think I could talk to you guys and pick your brains for hours. But keep up the good work. I think you're great and you have all helped me carry on over the last few years. And I'm, and I'm glad I started listening. Jake, I was, I, I read this right as I had the noose around my neck and I took it off. God, that's awesome. Yeah. I was ready to, uh, it was just, it was an autoerotic asphyxiation. I was just going to choke myself and masturbate people. Don't, I don't, mean, you, you still never know. That yeah. Still could, it could I, still happen. I could, I could carotene the fuck out of it. You know what I mean? I could, I could, I could go, I could go full carotene, but like, no, I was just going to jerk off because that's what I'm into. But, but thank you. Thank you. I, 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 I still jerked off, but I was safer when I did it. So thank you. Oh, blessed be. <laughs> you know what my mom's saying right now, Brian? That's filthy. Oh, filthy! That's filthy. I'm turning the podcast off. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. That's filthy. Talking about masturbating, choking yourself, the noose, <laughs> coming to climax with barely any oxygen. It heightens the orgasm. Filthy. Anyway, I can't help but ask one question. Oh, this is a PS. A while back, you asked who Keanu Reeves could play in the MCU. Don't you think he could pull off a Dr. Sinister? Anyways, 
during these trying times. Take care, and I will keep listening as long as you keep recording. That comes from Peter Fenlon. Dr. Sinister, uh, Keanu Reeves. I didn't know Mr. Sinister was a doctor. Who, who oh, yeah, guy? he put Dr. Sinister. <laughs> it's Mr. Sinister. Or Dr. Strange. Which, which does he mean? I don't know. Engineer. <laughs> 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 Call him bullshit. I need to see some credentials. I need yeah. to check the credentials. Yeah. I'm glad. See, you are smart, Jake. You caught that. <laughs> <laughs> Jake feels validated. Um, that's that's going to be the title of this episode. Jake feels validated. That's like a fucking. That's like a golden book right there. I want to. You know what I mean? Jake feels validated. Oh my God. You ever see the movie uh, Spies Like Us? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I saw it a long time ago, but yeah. One of my favorite scenes that I still quote to this day is when uh, Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd can't stop calling each other doctor over and over again. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Doctor, 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 yeah, doctor. That's a great one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that made me think of when you read Doctor Sinister. Doctor Sinister. I didn't even I just read it. I didn't even think it's Mr. Sinister. This guy probably I, mean, I don't know. I haven't read X-Men for a while. Maybe he got his degree since I read. This guy, if you ask him like who sang um take these broken wings he probably thinks it's dr doctor <laughs> i don't know why that joke was so funny i don't know either oh, stephanie the name of the group is mr mister that sings that song yeah i don't think i knew that yeah. see i learned something is it jake now i'm doubting myself I'm doubting myself. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Mr. Mister, right? No, it is Mr. Mister. That's why I, I laughed. Thank the you. The joke worked. Thank as you. long as you knew the, the, the source material, the joke worked. Yeah, I felt yeah, like you gotta be confident. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah, I was confident at the beginning and then, then I doubted myself. Hey, lost all credibility. <laughs> lost all credibility. Hey guys, if you enjoy what you're hearing. <laughs> Uh, we are in the, uh, podcast awards, uh, and voting started on July 1st. Uh, nominations are now. So listeners, you can nominate us, uh, at www.podcastawards.com. And, uh, we are up for the people's choice category as well as the TV and film category and found out that you can team up with other podcasts and let uh, basically you can team up with other podcasts and they can promote you and you can promote them. There's another podcast that we've teamed up with and they are in the comedy category, which doesn't, um, you know, uh, it's not going to compete with us in any way. So, no, cause we are not funny. <laughs> We're not, not in that category. <laughs> 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 they, they, we were, and then they listened, and then we were, then we, we were removed, and they're like, I guess they kind of talk about TV and film, so we'll put them in there. Uh, but yeah, vote for, uh, the, the, the podcast that we're teaming up with is the Steve and Kyle podcast. And those guys reached out to me, and, uh, they're telling their listeners to vote for us in TV and film, and we're telling our listeners, you know, to help them out. And, you know, give them a listen to Stephen Kyle podcast, but definitely vote for them in the comedy category. So thank you. That's www.podcastawards.com. And I will post the link in the show notes. 
So, you know what? Just, just do it now. Do it now. Be like Peter Fenland. Stop being lazy. And do it now. <laughs> Appreciate it. Everybody. Uh, I like Steve and Kyle. They're the, they're the most hilarious doctors I know. <laughs> I thought they were a couple of misters personally. <laughs> uh, oh, fuck. Is, it, is it only funny to us, Jake? Probably, but Probably. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I don't know. Stephanie. I'm huh? only here to make you and me laugh. Oh, Stephanie, you're just like, you are counting the seconds until the no. show ends. <laughs> you're like, oh my God. Ah, oh, so bad. Jake, <laughs> thirty-eight minutes we've been talking, and like we've we've accomplished nothing. Mm, I don't know. We've had some interesting talks, you know, cemeteries, dumps, doctors, <laughs> Ryan's youth masturbation habit. Oh my! Oh, God. the notebook. Yeah, I'll yeah. never forget about that. Yeah, wish I'd have thought of that. <laughs> yeah, it was just an old notebook that I had, and you know, like I and just cut out little pictures of porn and I knew where to go. Did you I, bring that shit to school? Cause I was like, damn, if I had done that, I could have brought it to school. Mm, I did not bring it to school. <laughs> 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 it's not like I'm going to jerk off at school. <laughs> Boys are so weird. <laughs> That's what bathrooms are for. <laughs> I didn't, I, ne- I never <laughs> jerked off in the bathroom at school. <laughs> I oh, did boy. do it though at a job that I had in my early teens. I was like, I I got to rub one out. This is happening. So I found <laughs> I found like a janitor's closet or something. <laughs> you weren't afraid of somebody coming in. I was only worried about me coming <laughs> out of my penis. <laughs> Sure, I absolutely I was worried about, but that's what made it so adventurous. That's what made it so that's what that's what made it so hot. Yeah, seventeen year old boy jerking off in a janitor's closet. Ooh, somebody anybody could walk in at any time. That's so hot, Brian. That's what I was telling myself. Oh, they could see my they could see me stroking my dick next to this bucket and this mop. And all these cleaning supplies. Ooh, this is so sexy. <laughs> all that was going through my mind. Oh, man. That's filthy. Yeah. I was, <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, man. It was it's just an amazing orgasm, too. I think I squeezed that bottle of mop and glow so hard it just squirted out the top. Uh, it was just, what do you know? You got a mop right there to clean yeah, it up. Yeah, I know. That's what I did. And so uh, I just pulled up the pants and just started cleaning up the, in the, in, uh, let's move on. Um, <laughs> play a bumper and let's pretend none of that happened. <laughs> that, that conversation. Podcastawards.com, everybody. Um, good pop, bad pop. Let's do it. Time for more leftover reviews with good pop. Bad Pop. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous weekend or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things, and if this is your first time listening, we'd like you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. I have like not talked about this. I, I've put it off for like a month. 
And I think it's because season three kind of like was not, it was fine, but it wasn't great. Uh, and I'm talking about F is for family season four drop. This is the Bill Burr animated show. And I loved the first two seasons. Season three dropped and I was just like, this is, I think I gave maybe a high taste it and I was being generous. If I could go back, I'd give it a taste it. I, it was, it was not a Tupperware and the first two seasons are an absolute Tupperware. I love F is for family, the first two seasons. So I was like, I dragging my feet on watching season four. I'd watched everything. I'd probably, I think I had like, you know, I think it was a Sunday. And I was just like, you know, I don't have to, I've watched everything for the show. I can, you know, the show was recorded yesterday. Let me just start F is for family season four. And his father is introduced into this season. And let me just say that F is for family is back. This was fucking hilarious. I love season four. Absolute Tupperware. Um, I'm not going to get into it too much. I just want everybody to know that Season four is an absolute Tupperware for Ephes for Family. I thought it was so good. I love it so much. Highly recommend. Hmm. I wonder if the, I wonder if the writers felt that way too. I wonder if they knew they kind of dropped the ball a little bit and had to had to step it up. I don't know. I think so. I, I mean, it really felt like last season. Like they, I felt like they were toning down how ramped up his character was and making him a little bit more kind of like I don't know, gentle and. And, um, this season he was just like fucking insane. And I, I loved it. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It was so good. And I cannot wait for season five. If it, I think we are going to get a season five. Netflix would be stupid not to renew this show. So speaking of shows that didn't get renewed, Run got canceled on HBO. I was so upset. I saw, I saw that headline. Today. Oh, wow. Yeah. I loved it. I loved it. Critics loved it. It just, it didn't get the viewership. It just didn't get the viewership. And like, this is like, this is a show that's also like, uh, run by, uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. And I mean, you know how, you know, prolific Fleabag was for, you know, season two and all the awards and everything. And I don't know. I would love, oh God, I really, after the, after the final episode of run, I really wanted that season two. I really, is it, it's Donal Gleason and I think her name is Merritt Weaver, Merritt Weaving, Merritt, I don't know, whatever. But she's really good too. I liked her as uh, Julie, Doctor Julie in um, Walking Dead, and I loved her in this series. Donald Gleason's fantastic. I, I'm just upset that we're not getting run season two. It sucks. It really sucks. I, I wish they would do. And I told, I tweeted this to uh, to HBO. I was like, do what you did with Hello Ladies, the Stephen Merchant show that got canceled after one season. Make like an hour and a half, two hour movie just to wrap it up. Because HBO yeah. loves to, they love to have like, you know, something to wrap up their their catalog, you know. To, to it, it's, it gives you a reason to revisit that show. Like right. without the wrap up, why would you even start the show to begin with? Well, that's why they made the Deadwood movie. You know. Yeah. yeah. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I mean, how long was it after Deadwood was canceled that that movie came out? I feel like it was like um, ten to 15 more than years. a decade. I feel like yeah, between ten and fifteen years. It feels like I was living at my parents' house when that series wrapped up. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, watched. Uh, been looking forward to this one. Watched The Old Guard on Netflix. Did either of you get a chance to see this? I did not. I did. The old guard, uh, led by a warrior named Andy, a covert group of tight-knit 
mercenaries with a mysterious inability to die have fought to protect the mortal world for centuries. But when the team is recruited to take on an emergency mission and their extraordinary abilities are suddenly exposed, it's up to Andy and Niall, the newest soldier, to join their ranks to help the group eliminate the threat of those who seek to replicate and monetize their power by any means necessary. Directed by Gina Prince Bythewood and uh, written by Greg Rucka based on his comic book of the same name. I have read the comic. I remember going to C2E2 a few years ago and going to a panel and Greg Rucka's there and he's talking about the old guard and they're throwing up panels from the book. And I was like, this sounds fucking amazing. I literally got on my comic book subscription app and purchased the book right then and there. They still had copies available. Purchased it right then and there. Had it shipped to my house. And I loved uh, The Old Guard. Just a great comic book. Um, but anyway, Gina uh, Prince-Bythewood, she is the director. You'll, if you've ever watched Love and Basketball that came out in 2000, she's the director and writer of that movie. Um, this film stars Charlize Theron, Kiki Lane, Matthias Schoenertz, uh, Marwin Kanzari, Luca Marinelli, and Chiwetel Ejiofor, and follows a team of immortal mercenaries that go on a revenge mission. So, Stephanie... Uh, is this your first introduction to the old guard and what did you think? Yes, it is my first introduction. Um, I enjoyed it. I give it a taste it. I think the concept was great and that it had a unique idea. At least to me, I'd never seen anything kind of like it. It was a new take on characters that are immortal. Mm -hmm. For me, Charlize Theron wasn't my ideal pick for the lead. It felt a bit forced for me. Um, there were some cheesy one-liners thrown in that took me out. At one point, she says, go big or go home, before she, like, pulls her gun out and starts going crazy. I'm like, okay, that was a bit much. Um, and there was hardly any backstory on the characters that presumably have the greatest, like, histories to go into. So, like, I would have loved to have known, like, what the origin of their immortality is. Like, what each backstory was, what got them to this point. There's random references, to, like, this is going to be, that like, that one battle in 1935. But that's not enough. And it just feels like a cheesy ripoff of like, I'm trying to think of like breaking Dawn part two. It's like, it's a, it's not a good movie, but at least they gave a little bit more information on like people who had fought in like centuries old wars and stuff. Um, I don't, I didn't love the historical battle, the battle scenes. They looked, they looked very modern and not just because they were being filmed, but it didn't look like they put a whole lot of effort into making them look accurate or historical in any way. Um, I just think it could have added more substance, but I was really into the subject matter and I thought the fight scenes were really great. Um, yeah, that's why I give it a taste it. Yeah, the comic book is way better. The comic book is way better. I, I still did enjoy this. I thought, and I enjoyed Charlize Theron in this probably more than you did. I think that, um, I really liked her in this role. I liked her so much more in this than I liked her in Atomic Blonde. Um, I, I, I still just do not like that movie. I felt like she was a great choice, um, in, in this movie. Um, I'm going to give it a high taste it. I I thought the action scenes were fantastic, but they were few and far between sometimes. I wanted to see a lot more of her fighting. And because I those were awesome. I thought she was just completely badass when she was either using swords or shooting people in the head. I love like it was a mix of like using that axe, swords, or like straight gung fu where she's just like popping people in the fucking head. Um one of my favorite scenes in this 
is and here let me just explain the movie a little bit the old guard basically it starts off just like the comic book you see dead bodies on the floor they've just like this special forces team has just basically wiped out this other group and they're just laying on the floor and then all of a sudden they basically come back to life they're reanimated and they just start to like fucking destroy the special forces team so that's what we have here we have a group of people that do certain missions and they try to make the world a better place, but they're called immortals. So they can't die. Um, there is kind of like more story about that given in the series. Like they, they can die. I'm not spoiling too much, but, but it, I'm not going to tell you how or, or anything, but um, this movie is basically they're They're getting set up to, um, uh, basically to be captured, a scientist played by fucking the guy that played Dudley Dursley in the Harry Potter That's movies. That's who he was! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why does he look so fucking familiar? It's Dudley, okay, it's, yeah, it's the actor that played Dudley Dursley in the fucking Harry Potter films. It's like the evil scientist bad guy that wants to fucking get a hold of their DNA and be able to give this to the rest of the world so that people can be immortal and get over sickness and things like that. There's a lot of, (laughs) I couldn't kind of get over that. I was thinking to myself, like if, if people, if this was made available and nobody died, there wouldn't be enough resources for everybody. That's just (laughs) saying anyway, but you know, I don't know. Like this guy, he, he thinks he's doing the right thing, but like, on the flip side, like he is, uh, he he's doing whatever means necessary to 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 get their DNA, and he's basically capturing them and torturing them. Um, I, but um, I, I overall I did enjoy the movie quite a bit. I, I am hoping that we do get a sequel on this one, and I want I want more backstory and things like that. Um, but I thought Charlize Theron was actually really good. I thought she was kind of a badass in this, and I, I really enjoyed her character in this. I loved <laughs> she was the way she was fighting and and everything. I just thought the action scenes were were filmed fantastic. I wanted more of it though. I wanted more of that stuff. There was a scene where like basically like a group comes in and obliterates the rest of the group, and then she just fucking goes hard as a motherfucker on all of them, and it's 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 awesome. I loved watching that. So. I'll, I'll give I it. A, I'll give it a high taste. It, it it's definitely if you, if you want the full experience, I would I would read the comic. The comic is I love Greg Rucka, and I think he's I think he did a fantastic job on the book. Without giving too much away, I definitely hope there's a sequel because of there's obviously there's a kind of a shock at the ending at the end. Um, oh that, yeah, yeah. That left me like I definitely wanted a side story. There's a character that that goes you know they they <clears throat> die and they become reanimated so they don't really ever die um you know under the cert- under certain circumstances but the when they talked about the the woman being like they put her in the the in the iron coffin then she gets drowned and then she wakes up and drowns and wakes up and drowns. that hurt my soul watching yeah. that yeah they literally oh. they literally show it to you you see this woman drown repeatedly Ugh. And she's she's in an iron coffin in the ocean, the bottom of the ocean, and this is the eternity that she's going to live out for the rest of her existence. It's it's fucked up. That's scary as fuck. <clears throat> it yeah. is. 
Yeah. Imagine how drowning's like always been like the most like fear I've ever had about dying, you know? Eesh. Oh, drowning and then uh being burnt alive on fire. Yeah, that, that's always the either or, right? And I <laughs> yeah. would always rather be burnt alive than drowned, I think. Oh, I don't know, man. That's a tough, I, I don't know. Oh God. <laughs> I don't know. That's a tough one. <laughs> Real morbid episode. Perhaps. It is. It is. Oh my God. <laughs> Let's move on. Yeah. So <laughs> the old guard on Netflix. I, I would, I would watch it everybody. I think like this is with the theaters not being open and stuff like that. I think this is a good movie to watch. You know, it's something, it's something new and it's based on a great comic book. And if anything, maybe it'll sell some issues of that comic book by Greg Rucka because that's a fucking great book. Another great book he did was, uh, Lazarus. Fantastic fucking book. Um, I watched, uh, Close Enough on, I watched the first two episodes of Close Enough on HBO Max. And this, it's an animated show. It's from JG Quintel, who created Regular Show. And that was a kid's show. I loved regular show. I never would have known about this, but my niece and nephew and this show was coming on were at that age where they really enjoyed this show. And so I would watch it with them. And then I just kind of got obsessed with it. <laughs> and um, I loved regular show. Mark Hamill voiced the character Skips. And I, it's a fantastic fucking show. I even bought the comic book, the regular show comic. Um Originally, this was going to be on TBS and was going to premiere back in 2017, but it was shelved. The network basically canceled all their animation programming block. They they had that show Final Space, and that had bad ratings, so they're like, we're done with animation. Except for, I think that they still do American Dad, and that's about it. Um, this is about a stoner couple in their 20s deal with life. And it's not in their 20s. They're going from their 20s to their 30s. This synopsis is bullshit. They're going into their 30s. They left, they're done with their 20s and they're going into their 30s. A stoner couple in their 30s deal with life situations in LA with their friends, such as raising a daughter, fighting a loose possum in their apartment, and outrunning giant mutant spiders. All the regular things to worry about in early adulthood. Um, it's, I mean, you've got the voice cast here. You got JG Quintel, of course. Uh, Gabrielle Walsh. Um, Jason Mansukis is in this. Um, Kamiko Glenn. Did, did, <laughs> Stephanie, did you get a chance to see any of this? I did. I watched the first two episodes. I watched the first two episodes as well. Like, I'll just jump in here. Like, I loved, regular show so like i was really looking forward to seeing like what jg quintel could do with adult humor and i think like the show is broken up it's a 30 minute episode and it's broken up into like two 15 minute segments so two different stories within a 30 minute plot and some of them worked for me some of them didn't i think like the first one was not that strong like with you know what I'm talking about? Like the, with the quilt, the quilt. I, I didn't think it was that strong of an episode, but then I loved the one that was, I loved the perfect house when they went. The, oh, that was a good open house one. The that open house cool. one was fucking just great. And like, it's, a, he does a lot of things that he would do with the characters in regular show. And, uh, but he does them, but it, this is more adult. Like there's this episode, the perfect house where, Emily, the girl in this, the, you know, Emily, she's the, the, this couple. Um, it's, uh, oh God, what's the name of, is it Josh? Yeah, he plays Josh. JG Quintel plays Josh. And then Gabrielle washes Emily. And they're a couple. 
and she they live they live in order to save money they live with a divorced couple so this divorced couple lives in this house with them um but she likes to go to open houses to escape like the stress of her life so she's not there to actually buy the house she just wants to she just does this to like get away and like to dream and she goes to these beautiful houses and in this episode, like she meets like another guy that likes to do this and then they meet like that child star and then they get trapped in this. It's almost like a 90s sitcom. <laughs> like the, the house, the house becomes like a 90s sitcom and it's like full house and they're trapped in it. This show is so hard to explain. It's just, biz- <laughs> it's, it's like bizarre scenarios that happen to them. Like, It'll be a normal situation at the beginning of the episode, and then they are just thrust into like this bizarre Twilight Zone slash comedy thing that happens. And I don't know. It really depends on the episode. I fucking loved that segment, and I liked the the Logan's Run ep- episode where like they were in that club, and they find out like in this club if you're over thirty, you get killed. And so like they're trying to hide their ages from like all these young people and they're there because they they're like we're going to rage like we did when we were younger we're not old blah 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 I I thought that that was great so I I I fucking I think some of them are just taste it's and then like some a couple episodes that I see, like segments I saw were Tupperware so I I really enjoy it Yeah I enjoyed it too the episode with the nightclub and they uh and they were like, you know, lights on, you know, last call. Let's go get some chocolate chip pancakes. And the guy's like, oh, it's not last call. It's only 9.15. Yeah. <laughs> They're tired and ready to go home. <laughs> no, I agree. I thought it was really good. I think I may have liked it a little bit more than you, um, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought the open house episode by far was the highlight for the uh, out of, the highlight segment out of the first two episodes that I saw. So good. It was so good. And they even did like the cheesy like – 90s theme song opening. Yep. It was, yeah. yeah. I, this is like HBO Max, like finally has something on here that I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna finish this 100%. I, I, I'm a huge fan of regular show and JG Quintel and I really, really did enjoy most of what I saw here with, uh, with Close Enough. So yeah, definitely check it out if you have HBO Max. Um, I think, I think Stephanie, I think for some people, like, I don't think they started off with like the, like the, the strongest, that quilt one was not the strongest in my opinion. No, I agree. They definitely could have reordered those. Yeah. So I feel like some people will watch this and be like, oh, this is not for me. And I think if they, if you start off just watching like that, uh, the perfect house episode, I think like you might get hooked on this show pretty easily. Yeah. No, I agree. Definitely that first, just get through that first segment. When you get to the, the, the open house episode, you, you'll, you'll definitely, you'll be more entertained. Yeah. If you can get through the good pop, bad pop segment of this episode, <laughs> you, you might be more entertained as well. All right. Yeah. Uh, one more thing and then we'll take a break. I, I, I saw the first episode. It's three episodes. It's also on HBO Max. Uh, expecting Amy Schumer. Did you see any of this, Stephanie? No. Okay. You're not, let me guess, you're not an Amy Schumer fan. <laughs> I used to be a big Amy Schumer fan, but her last comedy special, the one that Dave Chappelle produced, I believe. Yeah. Um, or Chris Rock at the Apollo. I can't remember which one. Whichever that, that's when I fell off. I just, a lot of repetitive humor from her, but 
I think she's fine. She's just not my cup of tea anymore. Yeah. I, it's like, I, I, I want, like, she's so popular and stuff. And then it's like, but everybody I hear like doesn't like her. So I'm like, like, who are the Amy Schumer fans? And, um, I am, I still, I'm still a fan. Her last comedy special was not great, but like, I'm still a fan. Um, this is a behind the scenes as Amy Schumer goes through an extraordinarily difficult pregnancy while turning to prepare for a stand up special. And, uh, basically in the, it, it's just basically going through her, through her entire pregnancy. She's filming her, like what she's going through during her pregnancy. Um, you, she's, Oh my God. I, I've never seen like, and I'm talking like she's in her second trimester and she's still puking. Like you see Amy Schumer puke probably like 50 fucking times in this first episode. She's always puking. I felt so bad for her. There's like, she's just like recording herself, just vomiting all the time. She just has like morning sickness, but it's, it's, it's like constant. And, um, they show her at like a, 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 a woman's march and she gets arrested there. And, um, they, there's another, there's another scene where she's like on a subway and some, some guy takes a picture of her and she's like, did you just take a picture of me? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, okay. And, 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 and what are you going to do with that? You're going to, you're going to say something shitty and put it on the internet. And she's like, no, he's like, no, I just sent it to my brother. And she's like, oh, what did he say? And he's like, well, he's not a fan. She's like, let me see your phone. And she like read the response and she's just like, like she comes back at the kid and says something. It's like, I can't even fucking imagine that. Just like being out in public and people just taking a picture and you don't know what they're going to do. Like, is it going to pop up on Reddit and are people just, you know what I mean? It's just like, I kind of, I seriously felt bad for her in that moment. Um, but, uh, I, I'll give this, I will give this a, uh, I'll give it a, I, I, I'll give it a high taste because I, I do like Amy Schumer. I think everybody else is just, if you're not a fan of Amy Schumer, just don't watch it. I guess. I mean, I, I don't know what else to tell you. Um, but I think you do get to see a different side of her in this that, that, that's, uh, that's interesting. So I don't know. I, I, I personally think if you're an Amy Schumer fan, this is a must watch. And I, I will finish the last two episodes. So there's, they're about, uh, about an hour long a piece. She was on, uh, I heard her on, uh, Howard Stern about four weeks ago and it was a really good interview. Um, there was some funny stuff there. I, I guess she, uh, named her kid's middle name after her longtime friend, Dave Attell. Oh yeah. Dave, her- Dave Patel, the comedian. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And the kid's first name was Gene. And without realizing it, she had named her kid Jean Attell. So it sounded like her kid's name was Genital. Oh, my God. <laughs> and she actually changed the kid's middle name 10 months after he was born because she just couldn't take it anymore. Oh, my God. That's terrible. <laughs> but yeah, she was really candid on that Howard Stern interview. Talked a lot about um, this show and her the show she did with Oprah. And it, it was really fascinating. She was just very open about a lot of stuff that most celebrities aren't open mm-hmm. about. I mean, and that's kind of Amy Schumer's brand. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I liked her before. I don't like everything she's done, but I, I liked her before and I like her even more now. And I'm not, a lot of people are going to disagree. Like, you, you either like her or you don't. And yeah. I, you know, I kind of, I, I, I kind of like Amy Schumer's comedy. I don't like all of it, but I do enjoy it. 
I, I no, do, she took a lot of risk, um, especially with her sketch comedy show yeah. and, and her stand-up comedy. And I, even when they don't always land, I appreciate taking the risk. Oh, I loved her show on Comedy Central. I fucking loved it. Yo, yeah. I love it when a woman gets filthy, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> I know your mom's not a fan of that. I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes yeah, she's not. No, no. She, she's not ladylike, Brian. <laughs> she's she's filthy. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I liked it. I I liked it. So, yeah, I don't know. I like it. I, yeah, I do. I I think sometimes some some people just get offended when women go that route, like the you know the dirty comedy. Yeah, I agree. You're you're yeah. much yeah. more used to males doing that kind of stand up, and it's a little bit more shocking to hear a female do it. I fucking love it. I love it. I I remember the first time. I, re, I remember the first time. What was it? It was that that Gina Davis movie, and I've said this on the podcast before. Um, the Long Kiss Goodnight with Samuel Jackson. It was the first time I, I heard love a, that movie. First time I heard a woman on screen say "suck my dick," and I fuck I lost my shit in the theater. I fucking I thought it was the funniest thing ever. Oh, I loved it. It was so funny. I lost my shit in that theater. There was probably like five people in that theater, and I was just howling. I thought it was so fucking awesome like yeah we got fucking john mcclane saying you know yippee kaye motherfucker but oh my god gina davis saying suck my dick that was amazing <laughs> yeah she was a badass in that movie all right ladies keep it filthy it's fucking awesome good advice good good advice noted noted <laughs> oh stephanie i know you can get filthy i know you can <laughs> Stephanie getting filthy with them pretzels over there. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> it's got to be soft pretzel. Steph- <laughs> Stephanie's like, there's another reason they call me the pretzel. <laughs> oh, shit. You gave me a whoa. <laughs> All right. I think I just got me tooed. Um, yeah. It happens. It happens, happens to the best of us. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now that I've made Stephanie uncomfortable and uh, <laughs> take a five minute break, so talk again. Oh man. I, yeah, I think we need to have a counseling session right now. Um, we'll, t- we'll take a break and we'll be right back with more good. More. We'll be back with more crap. Yes. Hi. I sound like Morgan Freeman. I bet most of you do some online shopping with Amazon. It's just so easy. I myself logged in today to buy adult diapers. No, I'm not embarrassed. I have zero shame. And I really don't give a fuck what you think. I'm at that age. You'll get here too one day. And don't think that you won't, you naive asshat. One day you too will be just like Jamie Lee Curtis and shitting your body weight and Dan and yogurt, and the next thing you know, you'll be on Amazon ordering adult diapers saying, holy shit, that freckled face fucker was right. Anyway, the whole point of this is to tell you that popcultureleftovers.com has an Amazon shopping link. What that means is when you click on the link from their website, it helps the show. It doesn't charge you extra at all. You just shop like you regularly would, and Amazon takes care of the rest. It's easy and convenient, just like these diapers. I literally blew up this diaper while recording this ad. Hashtag truth. 
All right. Hey, we are back and let's talk about Greyhound on Apple TV. This is the movie where Tom Hanks plays a commercial bus driver. I thought this was going to be the sequel to Turner and Hooch. Oh, God. <laughs> I tried to follow up my joke. I don't know if either of them worked. <laughs> 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 let's let's put out a poll, Jake. <laughs> hey, both sucked. Um, Jake, did you see this? Stephanie, did you see this? No. No. Oh fuck, I'm gonna be talking about this alone. <laughs> God damn it. Uh this was initially gonna be uh theatrically released then uh on June twelfth by Sony Pictures, uh and it was delayed due to COVID nineteen. Uh, distribution rights were then sold to Apple TV Plus, which, uh, released the film digitally on July 10th. And it's based upon the novel The Good Shepherd by C.S. Forrester. This is the thrilling story of the leader of the, of an allied convoy crossing the North Atlantic in 1942 as he faces relentless attack by a Nazi submarine wolf pack. The leader of the convoy's destroyer screen is a U.S. Navy commander making his first Atlantic crossing. Its story focuses on the com, uh, on his command responsibility as he fights the cold, the relentless night, and the brutal sea, and his deep fatigue as he chases down the attacking submarines in the deadly game of cat and mouse. The exciting story, a thrilling ride along. <laughs> I'm not selling this. <laughs> a thrilling ride along with the beleaguered captain so deeply portrays the elements of battle command that for a long period of time the book was used as a text at the U.S. Naval Academy. I'm, I'm guessing that, uh, Tom Hanks has read this book many times and loves this. I mean, we know Tom Hanks, uh, you know, him and, uh, Spielberg did band, uh, they did Band of Brothers together and of course they, they did the movie, um, Saving Private Ryan. And I think that he just, he really likes to adapt World War II stories. And here he is doing it again. He, this is directed by Aaron Schneider. He's best known for Two Soldiers, Get Low, and Deep Rising. The screenplay is from Tom Hanks himself. And it stars Tom Hanks. And you've also got, uh, Stephen Graham in here. He was from Taboo. I loved him in that. Rob Morgan, Elizabeth Shue plays, uh, uh, Evelyn, Tom Hanks' love interest in this movie. And um, I was really looking forward to this. Me and Dan West talked about the trailer on a previous episode, and it just looked incredible. Um, I enjoyed the submarine and the, the the battles between these ships and the submarines. I thought the battles were amazing. The film's only an hour and a half long. The battles are amazing. It's just some of the – I think some of the dialogue in it is just like – He's being so authentic, I feel like, to what it was on, like on a ship and like the different commands that he would give and like the, the nautical terminology that they use in this, that it, I just felt kind of like, since, you know, I just felt a little lost at times watching this with how sometimes I think you just kind of need to Hollywood it up a little bit. You know what I mean? And, um, but, uh, overall, I, I, I enjoyed the movie. I, I'll, I'll give it a, uh, I'll give it a high taste. It not, I don't know if I'll watch it again, to be quite honest with you. I did think it was quite an accomplishment though. Like it, it's, it's a beautiful movie. Um, and you do see like this captain, like basically stayed up for, you know, 
days straight in this, like a day and a half it felt like, where he was just up straight and just drinking coffee and um, kind of like it was just rough on him. Um, and you see just these six submarines that are attacking these ships. I think there was like maybe 22 ships at one time. I don't know how many they were down to, but they were just destroying them with torpedoes. Um, there's an amazing scene where they're trying to dodge, a, trying to get out of the way of another ship. And, uh, they, like, the, the side of their ship scrapes up against that one. It was, I think that this movie would have been so much better for me had I got to see it on a big screen with all, with like, the, you know, the big screen and all the, the, the audio and everything. And, but, uh, it's not, it's not, it's not as good as like Saving Private Ryan and the other stuff. But man, as far as like a submarine movie, it, it is, it is exciting and it, it is tense. I just think that some of the, some of the dialogue is as, as authentic as I think that it feels. It just kind of like there were times where I was just kind of like, let's just Hollywood up the, the screenplay a little bit and like, let's <laughs> make, you know what I mean, Jake? Yeah. Yeah. It's odd that a movie of that subject would only be 90 minutes too. 90 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> hour and a half. It's like exactly an hour and a half long. Wow. Hmm. Has Tom Hanks written any other movies before? I, that's probably a little bit of the deal, huh? Is he doesn't. He's such a fan of the source material that he, he was probably anti-punching it up. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I feel like that's to, I, to me. I felt like that was to the film's detriment. I, I think you needed like a, I don't know, you needed somebody in there to kind of. I, I, I keep saying Hollywooded up a little bit, but that's kind of like what I wanted here. I wanted a little, you know, I don't want, I don't want him to go full Bruckheimer, but I wanted a little Bruckheimer. So. Yeah, punch it up a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll give it a high taste. That That's Greyhound. I'm going to talk about this next thing really quick. Uh, the God of High School. It's on Crunchyroll. It's an anime. Um, the God of High School focuses on Jin Mo Ree, a 17-year-old martial artist from Seoul, South Korea. He is invited to join a tournament sponsored by an unknown mysterious organization no one knows about to select martial artists that will later take part in even a uh, bigger tournament. The God of High School is a competition of martial artists, martial artists, uh, martial, martial <laughs> Martial artists across the whole world and the most skillful warrior will take it all. However, little is known about the shady tournaments taking place. I would just say I did not like this. <laughs> I didn't like it. Jake, I like, I mean, Crunchyroll has been fucking promoting the shit out of this, man. I didn't like yeah, it. Yeah, I've seen emails about this. Oh, yeah. I get emails from Crunchyroll about this. I did not like it. That's all I'm going to say, really. I'm not going to get into this one too much. I mean, if you, if you watched it, if you like anime and you like this, that's fine. I did, I didn't really care for the animation style. Didn't care for the story. I just, it's, it's, it's forgettable. I did not like it. No, sir. I did not like it. No, that's all I got to say about that one. I don't know. I feel like the next few, like nobody's watched these either. I feel like. <laughs> I feel like it's it's the the stumbling Brian show here. Um, Try it. Uh, the Beach House on Shutter. Watched it. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're my you're my fucking life raft. Uh, a, a romantic getaway for two troubled college sweethearts turns into a struggle. 
for survival when unexpected guests and the surrounding environment exhibit signs of a mysterious infection. Directed by Jeffrey A. Brown. This is only his third film and stars a bunch of people that I really haven't seen in anything else. And so you have uh, this couple and they're going to go to the this the, the guy his father owns a beach house and so he's going to go to the beach house him and his father are very they're estranged and they haven't talked in years and so he's just going to go to the beach house and he doesn't even have his dad's permission he's just going to go there and he's going to take his girlfriend and they're going to have a nice weekend together uh unbeknownst to them there's another couple there an older couple that are friends with his father and so after spending the night, waking up in the morning, they see that this couple is there, kind of startles them. They start talking. They get to know each other. And then weird things start happening in the evening. They're out on, like, the deck, and there's a strange smell in the air. The wife of the older couple goes out into, uh, like, kind of like, it looked kind of like a wooded area. And there's strange... Um, uh, this like blue fluorescent lighting all over the place. It's just a, like the, everything's different. It smells outside and then, then people start getting sick. It's like an infection and like, what is going on here? Kind of reminded me of color out of space with, uh, with, uh, Nicholas Cage. If you've seen that new movie, which I also believe is, uh, um, streaming on shutter, but, um, People start getting sick and you're like wondering, like, what, what is going on in this movie? Um, I guess we can break it down a little bit more, but Stephanie, what did you think about the beach house? I was very confused after watching this movie. Mm-hmm. I give it a taste it only because like I was intrigued the entire time. I wanted, cause I was waiting for an answers. And so something strange would happen and I was waiting to find out if that would be resolved or if we find out the origin of whatever it was. Um, I thought it was an interesting concept, but with little to no explanation. Um, and that may have been the, that may have, may have been done purposely. Um, yeah, it was creepy, but I felt like the story had quite a few holes in it. Um, like I said, that may have been the intention. I just wish the story was built out a little bit more. It was a little bit more robust. And I mean, you may be able to explain this to me. What was the connection with the water from the faucet? Like that was something that started early on in the movie and like people would touch it and like they wouldn't say what they thought was strange about the water, but it would kind of zero in on their reaction to the water that was coming out of the faucet of this beach house. They kept saying the water was soft. The water was soft. So something, whatever this, you know, whatever was changing the environment, whether like, and 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 I'm not spoiling anything. The movie doesn't explain. It's like, is it aliens? All right. Is it aliens? What is it? Like, we, we don't know, but they would say that the water was soft. And I was just like, well, maybe it's just really good water softener. I don't know. <laughs> but they kept saying, like, the water is soft. And I, let me just say, I'm going to give it a low taste that I was intrigued the entire time, but the ending just super let me down. It was bad. Like, and I don't need to know all the answers, but it just wasn't. It was just a letdown at the end for me. And like I saw, I think I've seen like Annihilation, Alex Garland's movie, do it so much better. And then Color Out of Space do this kind of story so much better, in my opinion, that like this one is a little lackluster. 
Um, but yeah, there, there's kind of like whatever, whatever this is, whatever's going on, whatever's infecting the environment is it's an infection and it's, and it's kind of, I don't know if it's just isolated to this one part of this beach, this area, but it's starting to, starting to, you know, starting to kill people. So I, I don't know. I just, I feel like we're just talking about, <laughs> we're just talking about stuff I don't like this week. And when the infection starts to kick in and the boyfriend really is getting sick. Yeah. And they, she finds the abandoned cop car and then she's talking on the intercom or the walkie talkie, whatever in the cop car. And they're like, don't breathe in the fog. It's, and then he cuts out. And I'm like, that's a dick move. Just tell us what he wants to say. Yeah. Like, I think they're, per- they were purposely not telling us what it is or what the, or the origin of the infection. And when that cut off, I was like, oh, you're just purposely like leaving everything up in the air. Right. Yeah. And the very ending, like the last scene that we get, I was just like, what the fuck? This is just, I, I didn't, I didn't like it. Mm. I was just sitting the beach house. I don't know. I, I was, I was, it had so much promise too. And I don't need everything to be explained to me in every movie. I think, I think sometimes when you explain every little thing about something and leave a little bit of mystery out, that it can actually hurt what you're watching. Like, I don't need to know why the zombie outbreak happened when it comes to certain movies. You know, it just happens. Mm-hmm. And I think like, it's just interesting to see like how people react, but in this, like, the ending was just so super confusing to me. It was. Why, why did she, what was she, she was like repeatedly saying something over and over again at the end. And I just was like, okay, what, I don't, I don't get the significance yeah. here. It's over my head, I guess. Yeah. And I don't even know if what that scene where she was repeating something, I couldn't, I couldn't, I thought they were trying to tell us at the end. Like, I'm, we don't even know if that scene really happened. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, that's the beach house on Shutter, people. <laughs> wow, we, sounds amazing. We did a bang up job. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Uh, Palm Springs on Hulu. Who watched it? I did watch it. I did. All right, we all watched it. Um, while stuck at a wedding in Palm Springs, Niles meets Sarah, the maid of honor and family black sheep. After he rescues her from a disastrous toast, Sarah becomes drawn to Niles and his offbeat nihilism uh, when their important impromptu tryst is thwarted by a surreal interruption. This synopsis. Impromptu tryst. Get the fuck <laughs> yeah, out of wow. here. Yeah, wow. Jesus. For a movie that's silly. All this. Sarah must join Niles in embracing the idea that nothing really matters and they begin wreaking spirited havoc on the wedding celebration. It's directed by Max Barbacow in his directorial debut. It stars Andy Samberg, uh, Kristen Milioti. She was the, uh, she eventually was the mom in the TV series, How I Met Your Mother. And she was also in The Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, the movie also stars Peter Gallagher and J.K. Simmons. So, Jake, let's hear from you. What did you think about Palm Springs? I like this quite a lot. This was a very high tasted for me. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, knowing it was kind of a Lonely Islands picture, I expected it to be a bit more slapsticky, you know, like Hot Rod or Pop Star. But it, it's really not that at all. And I was kind of surprised at 
deep down how sincere a lot of the emotions in this movie were and a lot of the stuff that they were conveying. And, and I thought it was a lot more touching than I expected it to be. I, I thought this was, I mean, the plot is obviously very hackneyed and been there, done that. But I thought what they did with it was was really fun and quite emotional. And this was a great movie. Um, 90 minutes, quick watch. I, I would highly recommend this if you had Hulu. Yeah, basically in this movie, uh, you've got, <laughs> you've got this wedding and Andy Samberg seeing this girl. She's friends of the bride and they're at the wedding and, um, you find out through this that he, it's kind of a Groundhog's Day scenario where he's repeating the same day over and over again. And you don't know that at first. So I, yeah, I guess I spoiled that, but whatever. <laughs> um, we got, I, I don't know. I, it's highly advertised. You, you, you get that if you see any of the I don't give a fuck. Like, I gotta give somebody a hook. I can't, I just can't fucking just, you can't talk about this movie and not fucking say that. So he's living the same day over and over again. But unlike Groundhog's Day where it's just Bill Murray, there's a certain way where you can pull other people into this experience with you and they can share the same day as you. So like where Groundhog's Day was kind of like the movie that set off these, you know, like reliving the same day to where like all these other shows and movies that do this get compared to Groundhog's Day. And I'm talking about Netflix's Russian Doll, which I love that series fantastic Tupperware the fuck out of that first season but this is another kind of like Groundhog's Day type uh, you know uh, project and and so but you can pull other people into it and I mean it blends comedy and science fiction and raunchy humor and this is like after Dick in a Box this is my favorite thing that Andy Samberg has done sense like yeah, I, I could see that i really i fucking i loved it and i thought like i thought to myself like there's no way i'm there's just no way that i'm absolutely gonna love this fucking movie i thought that there was no way going into this that i'm gonna love this thing i saw that at the time and i don't know if it still is but it had like a 100 percent of rotten tomatoes i was like what the fuck okay i gotta watch this and I, I, I loved it. J.K. Simmons is great in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I love this. And I think Kristen Milioti, who played Sarah, was fantastic in this. Um, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I really, really enjoyed this. Um, what did you think, Stephanie? I really enjoyed it too. Um, I give it a high taste it for sure. I think it's funny. Um, Andy Samberg's comedy typically for me is just a little bit too, it feels sometimes it feels a bit forced. And in this movie, I felt like he reeled it back and just kind of, it felt kind of more organic and I was able to kind of get into it a little bit more. And so I really appreciated that about his effort in this film. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the character that played Sarah, the chemistry between the two of them, I thought was fabulous. Um, I, I like in my notes, I just put like a funny re-imaging of Groundhog Day. I just thought it was like a, obviously we've all seen movies where like they have to relive the day over and over again, but this didn't feel stale. Yeah. And I thought, I, I assumed that it would and it just did. And I really enjoyed it. 
surprisingly so. Yeah. To take something that's like been done over and over again and give it a, like a fresh take on it, you know, like with the cave and with like, I don't know. I love the fact that they, she, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I'm going to get into spoilers. So I better shut the fuck up. I, I give it a Tupperware. I, I will watch this over and over again. I thought it was, I loved this movie. I thought it was a perfect blend of just science fiction, Groundhog's Day, and just comedy. It had, it hit everything for me. I loved this. Absolutely. I loved the dynamic between him and J.K. Simmons. I loved the relationship between him and Sarah in this. Um, I, I loved how this movie sneaks up on you and you're wondering like why he is like, so kind of like, um, kind of distant and like doesn't give a shit about his current relationship and like how he can just like strike up like a conversation and, you know, try to start something romantic with the Sarah character when he's involved in what you think might be a serious relationship that's gone on for a long time. I don't know. Like all these reveals, like once they happened, I was just like, I love this. I I fucking love this movie, and I laughed. Yeah. I laughed a lot. I, I this is the best thing I think Andy Samberg has done since like those Lonely Island shorts on SNL, which I didn't enjoy all of those. I I thought Dick in a Box was brilliant, but like I'm not the biggest fan of his, and I thought that this was fucking fantastic. I I Tupperware the fuck. I loved this movie. I thought it was great. I will watch this multiple times. Yeah, it was, I was, like I said, I was really surprised at how touched I was by this movie and that you just, you see Adam Sandberg and you think of those Lonely Island things and you think of just outlandish slapstick, silly stuff. And yeah, it, it just really surprised me how much actual real emotion I felt while watching this movie. I thought from top to bottom, it was just, it flew, the time flew by watching this and it stuck the landing as well. Yeah, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Oh man. When J.K. Simmons first showed up, I mean, my mind was blown. I was like, what is happening? In this yeah, movie? and I love that kind of stuff. I love that. Yeah. Kind of, like, There's always something like you – and you've seen the same day over and over again. And just like little things that start to like reveal themselves within this movie, you're like, okay, you can go back and think about like how many times you've seen this day and how that makes sense now. Like it all just kind of comes together. And like – the scene where he's at the wedding at the beginning and he's doing, he's doing that cool dance to kind of entice Sarah for the first time to kind of like dance with him and hang out with him. And he just, yes, yes. He, he just kind of like knows how everybody's going to move on the dance floor and like what he can do and what he can get away with. He knows that there's that one drunk guy who's going to fall down. So he like really like smoothly like puts that chair behind him and he kind of just sits down and it's like it's all these different things that i was just like this is so cool what is going on here and i i loved it i love the sci-fi element with the cave and i don't i i this movie is so good palm springs on hulu i tell where the fuck out of it i loved it great music in this movie too oh god yes yeah okay Fantastic music. I watched uh, First Cow. Um, this is a video on demand uh, thing. It's uh, You can get it on Voodoo. You can get it on Fandango now. I'm sure you can get it on Apple TV and all that shit. Um, a loner and cook. 
has traveled west and joined a group of fur trappers in Oregon Territory, though he only finds connection with a Chinese immigrant. The men collaborate on a business, although its longevity is reliant upon the participation of a wealthy landowner's prized milking cow. Wow, that sounds exciting, doesn't it, guys? Oh, man, I'm going <laughs> to pause and watch right now. Did you, hey, did you see this one, Stephanie? No, I didn't. Okay, this is, it's a new A24 film. It's directed by Kelly Reichart from a screenplay by Reichart and Jonathan Raymond based on Raymond's novel, The Half-Life. Stars John McGarrow, Orion Lee, Toby Jones, Ewan Bremner, Scott Shepard, Gary Farmer, and Lily Gladstone. Um, and then, oh, the dude that played, uh, Odo in Deep Space Nine, this is like one of his final roles in this. Well, I didn't know he passed. That's sad. Yeah, he passed away, like, I, last year, right? Hmm. Don't ask me, I didn't know. I'm sorry to break the news to you. Yeah, Jesus. Ah, Fuck. God damn it. <laughs> talked about the dumpster, <laughs> ce- dumpster cemetery earlier. I'm, Jake, I feel fucked up that I'd bring that up. Now you got, now you got to process that. And I'm going to, I'm going to talk about this movie about this milking cow. Do you need, do you need a moment? Do you need a fucking moment here? I'm good. I'm, I'll hit mute and sob. That didn't sound, that didn't sound genuine. <laughs> no, I mean it. I mean it. Oh my God. Yeah. Let's see. I, I think he's dead. Yeah, he died in 2019, December 8th, 2019. 79. Hmm. Wow, I didn't realize how old he was in the first place. Uh, you, when you can shape shift, you never know. Wah, wah. Um, <laughs> God. <laughs> Jake, if this is NBA Jam, you're on fire, sir. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so... Yeah, this is a A24 movie. God damn it. Uh, so basically, yeah, it's, it's a, you got this guy. He's a cook for these fur trappers and then they're done fur trapping. They're done trapping furs. So he's, uh, looking for new work and then, uh, he meets this Chinese immigrant and then they become friends. And then they're looking to look. I, I can't even explain this movie now that I, like I just I literally just watched it. I literally just watched it. It's I don't know. And then they 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 they're trying to make <coughs> excuse me. They're trying to make money. And so uh there's a guy who bought like the first cow out in the Oregon territory. They brought a cow over. So <laughs> start. Start milking this cow and he starts making like biscuits with like milk in it. They start making a lot of money, but they're doing it. They're milking this cow at midnight. And so like when the owner of the cow tries to milk him in the morning, the cow barely has any milk left. And so they're making money off making biscuits and, and all this shit on this guy's cow. Am I, you guys sound, you guys sound, you guys sound like I'm you. on the edge of my seat. <laughs> midnight, midnight biscuit making. Uh, no, it's, 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 it, the, the, the biscuits are made in the morning fresh, like Hardee's. They're milking the cow at night, Jake. Okay. Okay. Because I follow now. People out there are eating bread, but it's just flour and water. And so now they're adding milk to it 
And they're like, oh my God, these fucking, this bread, these biscuits you're making are just amazing. But they're stealing from the guy who owns the cow. How do I talk about this fucking movie? <laughs> this is, this is the episode. This is our episode. I'm talking, I'm literally just realizing what this movie is. It's called First Cow. It's about a cow in the Orchid Territory and these guys are stealing milk. There's drama in this, man. With the stolen milk? Is it about the stolen milk? Yeah, they're stealing milk. I don't know how to talk about this fucking movie. <laughs> how the fuck do you talk about this fuck? It's got like a 91% or a 97% or something ridiculous on Rotten Tomatoes. The audience score is like 56%. The audience is not a fan of this movie. And now that I'm fucking trying to explain it, I understand why. It sounds ridiculous. I don't know how I can make this fucking sound exciting. Yeah, these guys are milking this cow at night and stealing milk. Did, did you enjoy it? It's all right. It's all right. I'll give it a taste. It. It's all right. I mean, like I'd say like the first act of this is pretty fucking boring in my opinion. I did kind of like seeing these guys working together in this business. And, and making these biscuits and, and, and like people were going nuts for this fucking bread this, the, the, that they were making. And as the, as, the, as it went on, like they were adding honey and cinnamon to the, to, to these, to this bread that they were frying up for people and people would be lined up and they would pay them, you know, they just wanted like that taste of something, that, that taste of home, that something good. Cause there was, there was no milk out there and they didn't know that they were using milk. Like the, the Chinese guy was like, this is an ancient Chinese secret is what he was saying. And, um, I don't know. <laughs> I'll give it a taste. It like, I, I mean, I know the critics are going nuts for this fucking thing. And I'm just saying like, and it, and I think the friendship between these two guys is, is pretty cool. I, I just, it's not, it, it isn't the most exciting movie I've ever seen. It's guys sneaking around milking a cow at night. I mean, I don't know what the fuck else to say. I mean, I, I know that I know people like their independent films and I love a lot of the A24 films, but at, at the end of the day, it's just some guys milking a cow at night and they shouldn't be doing it. You know, they're being naughty <laughs> milking a cow at night. So I'll give it a taste. It's fine. I think the actors were great. I think like it looked beautiful, like the set, like it looked like of the times, you know, like what you would think of like, you know, you know, the, these are the per first like, you know, settlers and pioneers and shit in fucking like Oregon, you know, which was like, you know, it's just, it's, it, there was nothing set up there. Like it was just fucking like just straight fucking like forest and land, you know, like these are the first settlers there. Um, so it looked really Any, cool. Anyone die of dysentery? <laughs> oh, God. Hopefully me by the end of this episode, Jake. <laughs> mm. Final thing I'm going to talk about, and then I'll hand it off to you guys if you have anything. I saw – um, it's a docu – I'm not going to talk about it too long. No, I got two more things. God damn it. Fuck <laughs> me. Uh, I watched uh, – I watched <laughs> – I watched a, a kid from Coney Island. This is on Netflix. I, it's a documentary about the rise and fall and rebirth of ex NBA star Stefan Marbury. And, um, 
you know, I followed Stefan Marbury's career. Um, you know, I, I remember when he got drafted. Um, I watched him play with Kevin Garnett on the Timberwolves. This kid was a fucking athletic, like just, just, just crazy athletic. And he was a, he was a fucking point guard, but he was just, he was built. He was just built. I mean, you didn't see a lot of point guards of like his size, um, that could, that could move the way he did and like, you know, um, you know, pass the ball the way he did. Um, very talented player. And he had a older, this documentary goes into like his older brothers and how everybody thought, you know, uh, one of them was going to make it to the NBA. And he was like the last chance for a Marbury to make it to the NBA. And he did, he did. And, um, you know, played with Kevin Garnett. And I remember when he fucking left the Timberwolves, I'm like, what the fuck? Why would you leave the Timberwolves? And, um, it, 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 it basically goes into like how he moved around. He was basically a journeyman after that point, going around from team to team. And then he, then he makes his way to the Knicks. So he's in his home. You know, he's, he's at his, he's playing for his home. And it, it didn't work. It just didn't work. And Stefan Marbury left the NBA and went to China, played in China. And, and players do this. I remember when Dominique Wilkins was like in his like physical prime and fucking like his best playing years. And he went and signed a huge contract to go play in Greece. And played great basketball over there. But when he came back to the NBA, he wasn't the same, you know, Dominique that we knew that was doing the tomahawk jam and shit like that. It was a different Nick that we got when he came back. And, but Stefan Marbury finished out his career in China. And oh my God, it's, this is a great documentary. Like I look at Stefan Marbury in a completely different way. Cause like I, like I did, like I, I knew he went to China, but I didn't follow what he was doing in China. I only remember how he left the NBA and how he was a disappointment to the Knicks. And you know, this is just like, this is a beautiful fucking story. Beautiful fucking story. I loved it so much. Oh my, I loved this movie so much. Great interviews with like, people that knew Stefan, great interviews with his family. Um, and I, I didn't know he was such a tender hearted, sweet person. There's like a, at the end of this, he's like, he's in a, he's in a barbershop, his barbershop and, and, a, a kid is there and he's talking to this kid about, you know, uh, this little sweet kid and talking to this kid about, you know, basketball and stuff like that. And it's, it's just, I, I, you get to see a side of Stefan Marbury that you never saw while he was in the NBA. Cause he was, he kind of went crazy there for a while. They show like some of his videos that he would post, um, online. And I remember watching those videos. I was in, I was in NBA chat threads and we were sharing those videos. He was having a fucking mental breakdown. And this is just like, jeez. Oh, this was, well, imagine playing for like your home and just fucking everybody hates you. You know, people are, you know, like he was supposed to be, you know, when, when he went to the Knicks, he was supposed to turn things around. And I mean, oh God, it, but man, he is worshiped in China. They love him in China. I love, I love this documentary so much. It's called a kid from Coney Island. This was on video on demand for like a couple months. And then Netflix just picked it up. So it's on Netflix now. And even if you don't care about basketball, 
I highly recommend this one. I give it a Tupperware. Um, it's, it's fantastic. It's just a, it's just a, a really in-depth look at like, and they go back to his childhood and like what a prodigy he was at basketball and like, and, and, and they go into, you know, the, the draft experience. They go into like, you know, his time at the Timberwolves and like how the friendship with Kevin Garnett kind of like was damaged. Kevin Garnett got a huge contract from the Timberwolves, um, before they put a cap on the NBA. It was an, ins- it was like 121 million or something over six years. It was a huge contract. The very next year when Stefan's up for fucking, you know, contract extension, they put a cap on it. And so, and so, you know, he, he always felt like he deserved bigger money and Minnesota just couldn't pay it. And so he left, he left and he, and he blamed it on the weather. He bl- Minnesota's too cold, <laughs> you know? So I, I, it's called a kid from Coney Island. I tupperware the fuck out of it. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. So can I chime in? Yeah. Sorry. I watched this one. Oh my God. What did you think? I liked it, and I know nothing about basketball, and I didn't even know who this guy was. Um, I was really, I was into it. You felt, a, I felt a lot of compassion for his story. Even in the beginning, you could tell it was just a lot of responsibility of expectations on his shoulders, even from when he was just a kid playing. Yeah. And so you kind of felt that. Um, I really enjoyed it. I think it helped not knowing much about him because I didn't go in knowing or having a preconceived notion about, because I got the impression from the documentary that people may have thought, he was arrogant or a jerk or, or something like that. I didn't. So it was easy. It was helpful to see what may have caused that. The story about his father passing away while he was playing a game. Oh God. Um, yeah. That was heartbreaking. Yeah. yeah. His apparently like his, um, his father had gone into the hospital. He had gone in on, he was, you know, he was ill, but it had gone in other times before the sister called his team at the time and said his father, you know, our dad's in the hospital, let him play the game. It's going to be fine. And then it ended up not being fine. And his dad passed away while he was playing the game. And so he never mm-hmm. quite forgave himself for that. Um, but I thought it was really the only, my only, my only slight gripe was like, I thought he was, I, I not, I'm glad he's not dead, but he didn't make an appearance through the whole like first three quarters of the film. Mm-hmm. So I thought he may be dead. I was like, did this guy die of like a tragic death? And then he pops up at the end and he's like in China. I'm like, well, I'm glad he's alive. But like, I had no clue. I don't uh, think that they wanted to reveal how he was today. If you didn't know how the story finished out. Got you. I think that they want, they wanted to kind of like leave it up. Like, is this guy fine? Cause like you see like those videos that he was doing that he was posting, like he was having yeah, a breakdown for sure. And but man, oh my God, the people, the, they fucking erected a statue of him in China. Yeah, he's a war, he's like a Michael Jordan over there. He it's is crazy. He is. Yeah, he is like the, when the Chinese Basketball Association, he played for not the Shanghai Sharks. That's who Yao Ming played for. Beijing. Beijing. Something. Yeah, he played for Beijing. And, uh, I mean, he brought them, he brought them three championships. He finished out his last 10 years there. Like I fucking, I seriously, like at the end, I was fucking in tears because like, and that, that's what these documentaries do. They give players some, I think they give players, um, some kind of like, I'm trying to think of the word, um, uh, justification. I, I can't think of the word, but like, like I always thought bad of Allen Iverson. I, I thought he was a great player, but I thought bad of him because of the way the media portrayed him in his later seasons about getting pissed off, but him not showing up to practice and stuff like that. 
and uh, he, you know, he, he there was a there was a fucking there was an interview with him, and he's like, you know, oh, you're upset about practice, you're upset about practice. That's just practice, you know, and like. And I was like, oh my God, Allen Iverson's not showing up to practice. That's fucked up. A leader of a team should not be ditching practice. Well, it's like the media left out the fact and the, the, the documentary Iverson covered it that fucking his best friend just fucking was murdered. Oh. They left that out of the fucking story completely that he didn't, he just didn't show up to a practice because his fucking best friend was murdered. And it's like, it's like some of these documentaries, like, I, I look at Allen Iverson a completely different way now after watching that documentary. And and now I look at Stefan Marbury a completely different way than the way that he left the NBA because he fucking, he did. He reinvented, reinvented himself in China and didn't have the pressures of playing for his hometown of the Knicks and was able to just fucking dominate over there. And those people love him. And man, I, 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 yeah, I, it was, it was, it's such an uplifting documentary. Even if you don't give a fuck about basketball, it was so uplifting. It was very good. Yeah. It's like he ended up where he needed to be. Yeah. What would you rate it then? I'd give it a high taste. It. You are hard to give a Tupperware to. I am. You are. <laughs> you are hard to place. What is it? I wouldn't, give me, tell me anything in your world that's a Tupperware. Anything, just something, a movie, TV show. I gotta, I'm just like, now I'm just, I feel like I just gotta know. Like what the, I'm right there with what you. the fuck does this girl like? A Tupperware, that's a tough one. Oh my um, God, you can't even. Like, I mean, Infinity War, I, I, I give like that it, a Tupperware. Though. What's what that? It? Infinity War, I give that a Tupperware. I mean, the Tupperware, yeah. Oh, Infinity War. Yeah. Yeah. What about, no, not, but Endgame's a high taste? What the fuck? Yeah. No, I'm good. I'm thinking of the Tupperware too. I was okay. trying to think of, I don't know. I was trying to think of something not so recent. <laughs> no, you're What do you think? Like 1939's Wizard of Oz. High taste it. What the fuck? <laughs> what the yeah. fuck? She Judy. only Tupperware is it when, when she sinks it with Pink Floyd. Um, Judy, <laughs> Judy Garland. It's like Gone with the Wind. Uh, eh, yeah, the people have been. That's that's maybe not the best example right now. <laughs> mm. Sorry about that. Ah, that was funny. Whew, I just had to know what Stephanie liked, loved as a Tupperware. Um, I watched. Uh, I watched the one I love. Stephanie, did you get a chance to see this? No, I did not. Fuck. All right. Last thing I'm going to talk about. This is a, uh, it's a couple whose marriage is crumbling, have a surreal experience during a weekend getaway at a house recommended by their therapist. The film stars Mark Duplass. You'll remember him from the league. He's also, you know, one of the Duplass brothers. They do Room 104 on HBO. Um, they've got a Netflix deal. This is not part of that Netflix deal. This movie actually came out in 2014. I've never heard about this movie before, but now it's on Netflix. Uh, it also stars Elizabeth Moss. Um, and they're the married couple, Mark Duplass and Elizabeth Moss. And then uh, Ted Danson plays the therapist. Ted Danson's not in this movie a lot, I'll be honest with you. Um, 
Oh, and the, Ted Danson's wife, Mary Steenburgen, plays a, she plays a voice-only role in this movie. But anyway, this is – you've got a couple here. Their marriage is just falling apart. There's They don't have that spark, and they're trying to reignite that spark. They're trying – actually, one of like their earliest fucking um, uh, dates, they went to this uh, – they went – they broke into this backyard of this house and w- went swimming and – in a in a pool in somebody's house and then the owner came out and like uh you know yelled at him get off my property and they they ran off and they were laughing and it was a, just a great memory for them so they try to relive that moment at the beginning of this movie and they're waiting in the pool and nobody comes out to to bust them out and they're just kind of like in the pool and they're talking to the therapist about this and <laughs> And, you know, the, and the therapist is like, I want you to get away this weekend. I want you to go to this house. I want you to go to this house. It's a, uh, and, and just, and just, sp- it's a, it's, it's awesome. It, I think it'll help your marriage. Just get away and spend some time in, in this, in this house. And so they go to this house and the house has a guest house. This is a hard one. If you don't want to hear any spoilers about this, then skip ahead, but, this is the hook to this. They go to this house and in the guest house, Elizabeth Moss goes into the guest house and there is her husband, Mark Duplass, and they end up having this magical moment. They're like laughing and giggling and He's tossing grapes into her mouth and they're laughing. They get, and then they have sex and she's just like, this is, this feels like what we used to have. And then she leaves the guest house, walks back into the main house and there's her husband on the couch sleeping. And she, she just left him in the guest house. And there he is on the couch sleeping in the main house. And she starts talking. She wakes him up, talks to him. And he's like, she talks about how, you know, like, how, you know, like, oh, how'd you get in here so quick? And you're, you're sleepy now. And, but we just had a great time and we had sex. And he's like, what are you talking about? Had sex. And so they get into this huge argument. She's like, you're so weird right now. And then he goes into the guest house and she's there and she, his wife is happy to see him. She's making him breakfast and the fight was no big deal to her. I don't know really how else to go into this, but the, here's the big spoiler is that there is a different version of them in the guest house that exists. The version that they fell in love with in this guest house. It's not them. And that's where I'll leave it. That's the hook. It's, it, there, there's something sci-fi or supernatural going on at this location where they are spending time with the version of their partner that they fell in love with. And that's all I'm going to say. I have two takeaways from what you just said. Yeah. 
Um, you say sex, the word sex, very breathy. It's it's quite pleasing to the ear. I just wanted to like Wow. <laughs> I didn't know that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's like sex. Yes, it's very it's pleasing. Yeah, well, I think it's all those times of listening to Dr. Ruth on the radio or Dr. Joyce Brothers or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> I take pleasure in saying the word sex. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing is that would be the second movie that Elizabeth Moss has played a character that has like a doppelganger of sorts. Like, and yeah, she, that's Us. kind of interesting. I find that interesting. Yeah, yeah. the movie Us. Um, I Tupperware this. I I loved this movie. I thought I, uh, Elizabeth Moss is amazing in this. She transforms. Like I've never seen her play a character like this. Even her voice sounds different, but it sounds legit. It works. Mark Duplass is fucking great. They both play two different types of characters in this, but they both do it so masterfully. I, I've never seen Mark Duplass act his ass off as well as he did in this movie. This is fan-fucking-tastic. It's a Duplass Brothers movie I've never even heard of. Didn't even know Elizabeth Moss and Mark Duplass did a movie together. And it's fucking on Netflix right now. This is from six years ago, and it is an absolute Tupperware. I've never heard of anyone talk about this. Now, I'm sure that after this episode, I'm going to have so many people tell me that they've seen it. And for me, I'm just thinking to myself, that's great that you've seen it, but like, I'd never heard of this. I had never heard of this movie before. It's called The One I Love, and it's on Netflix, and it is, it's it's fucking great. Like you can see from this, like how Mark Duplass, the Duplass brothers went on to do room one Oh four, which is kind of like a kind of, I guess kind of like a, a black mirror kind of like a twilight zone type show. You can kind of see like where they got started with that. But I Tupperware the fuck out of this. It is fantastic. So good. So good. Sex. Yeah. <laughs> oh man wow um stephanie did you have anything for good pop bad pop um the only thing i have was i have been watching and a lot of people have been posting about the classic episodes of supermarket suite being posted um being uh available on netflix <laughs> oh they're on they were on amazon the first two seasons were on amazon for a long time now now the the uh now they're on Netflix? Yeah. Does that mean they're bringing it back? Yeah, well, they are I, actually. Yeah, Leslie Jones I think is supposed to host the the remake. I don't know if that started filming or if it or if it's still in like if it's still slated to happen. Yeah. But they are remaking it. Yeah, but the classics are on Netflix. I didn't know they were on Amazon before. Oh man, uh the the host was uh uh what was it? Uh Rupert. What was his name? Oh. What was his name? If the last name is Ruprecht. I can't remember his first name. I th- mm. David? No. No. Doesn't sound are right. You sh- are you sure? What was it? What did you say? What name did you say? David? David Ruprecht? I mean, I Googled it. Oh, shit. I may be fucking wrong then. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to, I'm going to go to. IMDB and look up supermarket. This is driving me nuts. Yeah, this is go to uh, podcast. Yeah, while I'm doing this, go to podcastawards.com and vote for us in People's Choice. David Ruprecht. It is David. 
And then the fucking, uh, the, the announcer was Johnny Gilbert, famous Johnny Gilbert, did, uh, uh, announce, he announced Jeopardy. He announced, uh, fucking, I think he did some, uh, Wheel of Fortune, Johnny Gilbert. Yeah, a lot of game shows. A lot of game shows for old Johnny Gilbert. This is, this is fun for our audience. They're loving this right now. Riveting. Riveting. Talking about <laughs> David, David Rupert. Gen Z has just shut off. They have just unsubscribed from PCL right now. Supermarket sweep. I loved supermarket sweep. Even growing up. And I, like, yeah, I was like, they had the first two seasons on Amazon and I blew through them, Stephanie. How many seasons do we have? They have on Netflix. It's just one. Oh, is this the first season? Yeah, it appears to be just the first season. Mm. I think it's the third season that's on is Netflix, it? oddly enough. Yeah. Well, it's I, one it's, of the newer seasons. Because I watched like 10 minutes of one of the episodes just to see what era it was. Uh, maybe because there's only one season listed. I'm assuming it's the first season, but it could be another season. There's just one there. Season one, if you go to Amazon, is actually not like the first season. It, it's called like... You know, like the, like the new supermarket sweep or whatever. Cause the old supermarket sweep was, it was the same idea, but it was, it was different. They did do different things in the show. They had, they, when people were running through the aisles, they had mascots in the, in the, in, in the, in the aisles. And there was a yeah. guy, there was a guy and he was dressed up as a banana and he would dance. He would dance dressed up as a banana. And if you ran into him in the aisle, you had to go the other way because that was the that was the dancing, the dancing banana. And and you couldn't go down that aisle with the dancing banana. And they those seasons are not to be found, Jake. Those are the lost episodes of Supermarket Sweep. Yeah, I believe it. I believe it. David Rupert was still the host, though. <laughs> Podcastawards.com. <laughs> Maybe the wrong time to bring that up. Oh, man. No, I like to bring it up when we're fucking shit in the bed. Yeah. <laughs> but like, if for no other reason to watch it, it's like the 90s hair and the clothes. Oh, it's God, yes. So great. And like oh, the, God, those pants. And like the, the, <laughs> the, like the old food. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's all expired now. Yeah, what is that? Yeah, uh, bumblebee tuna. They love, <laughs> they love, they love the bumblebee tuna on supermarket sweep. <laughs> Who the, Load up on diapers. What is it? No, it was the, it was the, it was the big hams. Oh big, yeah. Oh, Eventually yeah. they like gave a limit to the big hams. Didn't and then they? The, well, it was always five. You could always, only oh, five oh. of a certain item. And it was, uh, and then the, the garden hoses were a big one. You People know, like to grind the coffee too. And then the, the big wheels of cheese, the big wheels of cheese. Oh, and the, you're right, Jake, and the pampers. They always uh, loaded up on the pampers. Yeah. <laughs> and then, oh man. Yeah. Oh my god, this episode's fucking terrible. <laughs> I, I'm excited to see the reboot and what that's gonna be like though. I bet you I think s- Leslie Jones is a, a good pick for a host and it'll it'll be cool to see like the modern supermarket. Yeah. You think you think Scenic Cast this week is talking about fucking 
supermarket sweep? <laughs> no, they, they stick to movies. They don't do TV shows too often. You think Vintage Geeks is talking about supermarket sweep? What the? We're fucking <laughs> dropping the ball this week. I mean, it's pretty vintage. They might be. I don't know. They're not. Yeah, I don't know. Joe Vitale, are you talking about supermarket sweep this week on Vintage Geeks? I mean, it has the word super in it, so Vitale might be talking about it. Oh, he does like his Superman, Jake. <laughs> he does like that. I had to explain that one. Um, cause our listeners might not know that he loves Superman. Oh my God, please. T- that's what you, br- you, you brought Supermarket Sweep this week, Stephanie. Do you Tupperware <laughs> Supermarket Sweep season three on Netflix? I Tupperware Supermarket Jesus Sweep. Christ. What the Hilarious. fuck? You s- I did not see that coming. Wizard of Oz gets a high taste it. Judy Garland classic. It is entertaining. It the fuck you, Jake. That movie is entertained generations. I, I Tupperware it too. I, I'm just making jokes. It is entertained generations. High taste. High it's high taste it. <laughs> the fuck out of here. High taste it. I don't, I'm really not angry, Stephanie. (laughs) It's all, it's all for comedic effect. I think it goes into like this weird territory where some people think like he's serious. Oh yeah, we definitely get those people. Oh my God, he's loud. He's serious. He's really angry. People think you're really like yelling at people? Yeah. Oh God, he's, he's angry right now. Oh my God, I'm uncomfortable. Oh my God. Oh my, oh God, everybody. I don't know. I just get the, I don't know. Let's take a break. How's that sound? Jake, I don't know. Jake, did you watch a game show too? Yeah, you like those, right? Uh, no, not recently. Have you seen Ultimate? Yeah, did you watch Ultimate Tag? No, is it good? It's fucking garbage. Oh, it did, it did not look good. I watched Don't. Did you watch Don't? No, that's the Adam Scott thing. Yeah, I thought that was a, a middle of the road taste. It, it, yeah. it was kind of fun. Yeah, I don't know. so it's it's like a little bit like an adult double dare where they do different kind of challenges throughout the episode. Mm. It had its moments. Holy moly, season two has been fun. <laughs> yeah, I missed out on holy moly season one, but I have been watching season two. How I, the I fuck? How so the fuck? You I... listen to this fucking show, and I fucking <laughs> I stroke the cock of that fucking show, Jake. I pumped it up so much. It you did it didn't fly by you. You just didn't watch it. I talked about oh, that. Show. I loved it. it. Now I sound now I sound accusatory, don't I? Now you now now I sound accusatory. Yeah, I just don't understand why they would take something like that off of the streaming it, services. It doesn't. Hulu's so weird. I think it's because it is NBC that it pro, that first season might go to Peacock. And oh, I that think, makes sense. I think that first season might go to Peacock, and I think that the second season, I think the second season. I like Stephanie cracking up at the name of the NBC. Oh, God, yeah. Every time. Peacock. It's fucking terrible, isn't it? I did watch, um. Why don't they just yeah. call it Small Dick? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Why don't they buy a right? streaming service? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Small Dick. Yeah, I don't know. Podcastawards.com. Um, but I think, I think the second season of Holy Moly will probably be the last season that ends. Is it ABC or NBC? Mm, I think it's ABC. Oh, I don't, I'm not sure now. I don't know either. We don't know anything, do we, Jake? No, they don't really plug the network while you're watching the show That's and I watch true. it on Hulu. So yeah, I do too. It is ABC. 
It is ABC. Well, that my whole Peacock theory went out the door. Maybe it's coming to Disney Plus. <laughs> that whole conversation we had, meaningless. Yeah, Stephanie got a laugh. That's it true. Did. That's true. Peacock. Peacock. <laughs> what, a, what a fucking terrible day for a streaming service. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah, it's bad. They might as well just call it The Office. <laughs> so, I mean, that's to me, that's the biggest draw they're going to have. And they're not going to get me. Then I still have never even watched, like, I, I think I've watched, like, a part of an episode of The Office with uh, the Steve Carell one. Yeah. I can't get into The Office. I think it's so terrible. Oh, I love it. I can't. I just, I yeah, I don't know. I don't, I know people love it. It's beloved, but I don't know. I don't care. I'm not going to, I don't think I'm going to yeah. ever watch it. <laughs> I'm a bigger fan of Parks. Like if I wanted you to watch a sitcom you haven't seen, that's that's the one I would I would more recommend than The Office. Hmm. Just like you not watching the first season of Holy Moly, I ain't gonna be watching any Parks. Oh yeah, what a trade off. I know. <laughs> well, just watch the second season of Parks. That's where it gets really good, anyway. I won't know any of the characters. I need to watch the first season. Hey, listen, I missed the first scene of, season of Holy Moly, and I'm figuring out what's going on. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's totally different. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I didn't start this comparison. <laughs> <laughs> you win this round, Jake. <laughs> Podcastawards.com, everybody. Um, yes. let's, let's take a break. And we'll be back with more of this cemetery dump episode. How's that sound? Yeah, this episode is located next to a dump for sure. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. Jake, I think I'm, I'm kind of, <sighs> kind of blaming you and me on this one. I think it's, I think it's 50. Stephanie's 50. killing it. There's no Ste- argument. Stephanie's there. doing great. I think it's 50. Yeah. Honestly, I think it's, it's 50 50 you and me in this one. I agree. I hate to call, I hate to call you out, but I think it's 50 50 you and me. Like, I'm not. No, I, I agree. I, I can't even argue. Yeah. Stephanie, you're doing a great job. Like, you, you laughed at Peacock, which like, that, like, like, that was great. <laughs> Twice in a row, too. Have you ever laughed at a small penis in, in, in real life? No, no, not in real, you can't do it in the first, I mean, maybe after the fact. Okay, okay. In the moment, yeah. Okay. You laugh at it after you break up. How terrifying, like, sure. how terrifying is, <laughs> how terrifying is that for women? Like, because like, you just, you just don't know. Like, unless yeah. like, unless like, okay, like, I know like, before there were like dick pics, okay? Which is like, I don't know, like, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not sending them, but like on the flip side, I know guys do send them. But how scary is that? Jake, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Oh, pe- people are like fucking Peter Jackson filming Lord of the Rings when they take their dick pics, though. Like they're using like perspective and shit. Well, like even no, even like, <laughs> like even that you don't know. I'm even talking like like let's forget the dick pics. Let's forget the dick pics. Like it's a total fucking like mystery. Like it's a like it's a package. It's a mystery package. Like that's got to be the hardest thing because like women don't know. What they're getting into. You could think this guy's fabulous. He's, he's amazing, but he might have like, you know what I mean? He might have a fucking like a pencil dick. He might have fucking Stephanie is that, like, how is that for women? Is it, is it, is it, is it in the back of your brains? I gotta know. Yeah. So it's a crapshoot. You, you know, going in knowing it's a crapshoot. Yeah. And 
if I see it and it's like super small, I'm not automatically dismayed or turned off because he may know exactly what to do with it. Okay. You can have a guy who's, you know, really packing. It could like, it could be bent. It could be like, he doesn't know what to do with it. So, but if it's small and he doesn't know what to do with it, which means he hasn't taken the time to compensate for the fact that it's not that large. Yeah. And then that's, that's the disappointment. Not nothing against bent penises. I'm just saying, I don't know why I brought that up, but some of them are bent. It is what it is. Oh my gosh. And so we got like an elbow in him or something. <laughs> like some of them like a curve to him. Really? So like, yeah, we're like hitting your spleen on the way in. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> giving you way too much information. No, like, yeah. no, no, no. I, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. It's like it, it's, it's it's like when somebody gives you directions and they tell you to like, yeah, go straight on Main, and like they take a left. That's what their dick's doing in your vagina. <laughs> yeah. I told you to go straight. <laughs> You're going the wrong way. <laughs> it's all about knowing how to work your equipment. Yeah. There you go, guys. Yeah. There you go. You heard the it. The more here. you know. The more you know. That's amazing. Let's take a break. God damn it. Let's take a <laughs> Yes. Jake, come on. Seriously. We don't, guys, we don't have to deal with that shit. Like we know, like, you know, it, it, there's going to be a vagina there. You know? Yeah. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah. There's, there's a vagina there. Okay. Like, oh, oh, I'm worried. I'm worried about that vagina. No, women. It's a, there's a, yeah, there's a ton of different penises, apparently. Small, big. Yeah. And yeah. one size does not fit all. That's for sure. And then, yeah, who knows? Might have a fucking, it might be bent. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It might, you know, I mean, it might look like, uh, it might look like Florida. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Florida man's dick looks like Florida. <laughs> you don't know, Jake. Women got it rough. I can't imagine. Oh my! It's like a it, yeah. It's like a fucking. It, it's like a grab bag. Just a mystery mystery box of who knows what the fuck you're gonna get down there. Yep. Who knows if they're taking care of that? She. Who knows if they're manscaping? You might just get, it might be uh, a fucking full on bush down there. You don't know what the fuck's going on down there. Uh, and you've got to like. Goddamn use, Chia Pet. Use a hacksaw to get to the goods. Like, ugh. Yeah, no shit. Oh, I watched that. I watched the, I watched a comedy and they were talking about how important it is. I don't know if I can illustrate this well. <laughs> they were talking about how important it is to kind of like shave down there because it does make your dick look bigger. So guys, seriously guys, shave down there. It makes your dick look bigger. Cause like they took, they were short, they had a breakfast platter and there were two eggs that looked like the balls, a sausage link that looks like the dick. And he fucking, he took up like the shredded hash browns and put them over the fucking balls. Look like pubic hair. And the dick looks small. Mm-hmm. Like the sausage dick looks small. And he took the fucking hash browns off of it. And then you saw that fucking massive sausage link. And it just, it, and it, <laughs> I was just like, oh, that's fucking brilliant. Shave your balls, guys. It makes your dick look bigger. Man, I really want breakfast for dinner right now. Uh, uh, Jake, are you trying, you just want to suck a dick, don't you? No, I want hash browns and sausage. Oh, I kind of want to suck a cock right now. Oh, nothing wrong with that. 
this episode fucking eats a dick. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the one thing we know is sucking a cop this episode. And let's hear what the episode has to say about it. <laughs> maybe maybe if you trim this episode it'll look bigger yeah maybe let's uh we'll take a quick break we'll be right back with the news i hate I, this i hate this episode jake so much <laughs> i hate it so much i fucking hate it i'm still recording i fucking hate this one jake oh shit i was in the other room <laughs> I wish I wish there was like a Groundhog's Day version of this fucking episode where we can oh, not do me. it. I don't want to do it again. No, I want to do it like, well, oh, God. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> that sounds like hell. I was just hoping we could do it until we got it right. Mm, you know what I mean? So, so forever. Yeah, like the little small penis, <laughs> the little small penis that like figures out how to do it right. You know what I mean? I want this episode to be that small penis that can do it right. You know, show that big cock what's up. Even though I'm small, I can still do it. <laughs> even though I'm a, even though I'm a tiny little dick, I can still make that pussy purr. I'm a big kid now. I'm a big dick now. I can do it. I'm a small penis, but I can still find the clit and make it work. We can do this. <laughs> Got lay off the helium, small penis. Oh my god, <laughs> small penis. Well, see, a small penis ain't gonna sound like James Earl Jones. You know what I mean? No. no. Yeah. <laughs> small penis is gonna sound very squeaky. Don't you imagine? Like I, I, agree. I, I imagine agree. a small penis sounded like Steve Buscemi or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> 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 yeah, they're like Joe Pesci, like a Joe Pesci small penis talking. <laughs> Don't you think? Who, who you calling small? <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Go to that break. Oh yeah, cool. Fucking old school. are so fresh. Snap! Alright. What the fuck? Hold on. I hit... <laughs> Podcastawards.com. We're back. Nice. <laughs> oh my god. I didn't know if we were recording there. Um, I think I think everybody stopped listening to our episode, Jake. Just turned it off after my riveting review of First Cow. <laughs> oh. Yeah, and not quite as good as First Man, right? I think that no, I think that everybody is watching First Cow after my riveting review, sir. Oh, are okay. you are you're not picking up what I'm what I'm saying here? What? Who am I talking to? I got you. I got you. I was more interested in reenacting it, like sneaking out at midnight and milking some cows. Oh man. Oh, dude, we, we should do that. Me and you, like a like a bonding thing. You know what I mean? Go out, I agree. go out and milk some cows at night. I've milked a cow before. I've got experience. Have you really? You've milked a cow? Yeah. What did it feel like? What are the, what are those, te- what are those, what did, <laughs> no. it, what did it feel, what did it feel like? What do those teats feel like? I, I, I don't know what a teat feels like. Never felt a teat on a cow. It's kind of hard to explain. It kind of feels like a little bit like kind of one of those stress balls. Like it has that kind of texture to it a little bit. Really? 
Yeah, a little bit. Was Is it, it hard to get the milk to come out? No, not at all. Maybe just at first, but once it once it's going. Where were you milking? Nah. Where are you going? How, how did this happen? Like, like uh, it was like it was like a grade school field trip. They let us milk cows. Really? Yeah, we went to a farm and everyone got to take. If you didn't have to, you could opt out of it if you wanted to. But you're lactose intolerant and you're milking a cow. That's crazy to me. It is crazy. It's not as fun to milk an almond. So you know. <laughs> Oh God, Jake! Oh God! <laughs> that wasn't bad. Oh God! Podcast awards, everybody. <laughs> that had to have been one of our greatest transitions back to break right there, too. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah. Um. <laughs> Oh, Terminator Dark Fate was, uh, released last year. And, uh, and, uh, there was an Easter egg that was just discovered in the film. Screen Crush editor Matt Singer discovered that there's a phone number that's written on the side of the T-800 van near the end of the movie. And so he wrote down the number and he called it and the number fucking works. Wow, what, what do you get when you call it? Arnold Schwarzenegger. Hold on, I'm going to call it right now and let everybody listen. Hi, this is Carl's Draperies. We have the best drapes and curtains anywhere in Texas. I can guarantee you that. I'm sorry we are not here right now to answer your call, but we'll call you back. Until then, hasta la vista. Oh, Jesus, learn how to hang up a phone, Arnold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God, that's one of my pet peeves. I hate that when the cradle just gets smacked like that. Oh man, I think that I that I miss those days. That was like when you could, like, fuck you, and then they would hear that. Oh, I hear that shit all day long at my job. Where Uh, anytime anyone uses the intercom, they don't know how to fucking hang the phone up on the cradle. Yeah. But anyway, if you want to call that number, it's eight 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 five one two nineteen eighty four. Nineteen eighty four is the year that the first Terminator film was released. Wow, you just found another Easter egg. Mm. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, I guess I did. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We got the new teaser trailer for the uh, film Halloween Kills, the follow-up to Halloween. And this news comes from Dark Horizons. The other day came news that Halloween Kills had been delayed a full year from October to next October. So this October to next October. The bad news was soothed with the release of a very early and very short teaser trailer. Did you guys get a chance to see? Did you see the news on this? Did you watch the teaser trailer? I saw the news. I did not see the trailer. I I watched the trailer. Uh, yeah, the trailer confirmed that the film starts off directly after the events of the last movie with the Strode family on the back of a truck escaping as Lori's house with Michael Myers trapped in the basement is burning. And so, like, in the trailer, you see... Um, the fire department showing up, driving on the way to the house, and Lori basically screaming in the back of the truck, let it burn, let it burn. And, and so, yeah, we're getting Halloween kills. Uh, Danny McBride, the co-writer on this one, spoke with Empire Online, 
and had a little bit more about the storyline for the film, which serves as a middle chapter of the new trilogy of these movies. He said it takes place the same night picking up where the last movie ended events in the film bring together a lot of characters who were in the 1978 film who we didn't see last time they gather to try once and for all to take down michael to stop this madman the film's director and co-writer david gordon green also spoke about the new film's themes and how jamie lee curtis performance in the previous film led them to go much further this time Quote, the first one was more about Lori's life of isolation after Michael and her attempts at revenge. It was personal. This is more about the unraveling of a community into chaos. It's about how fear spreads virally. Uh, we learned that Jamie Lee Curtis's Lori is capable of anything. We didn't know what to expect working with her. The fact she could do her own stunts, kick everybody's ass, and be a joy to work with, that definitely meant reevaluating what we wanted to do with the next chapter of the story. We were excited to write about, uh, write without limitations about what Lori can do. Halloween Kills will be completed in the coming weeks, but those involved have opted to hold the release until October next year when cinemas will be back in full swing. The final film in the series is going to be Halloween Ends, and that aims to begin production sometime next year. I, I fucking love the choice. That they're picking up right where the last movie ended. We're not time jumping, nothing like that. We're picking up right where the last movie ended. I I love it. I don't know if either of you have watched the Halloween movie from David Gordon Green and Danny McBride. I did, loved it. I gave it a Tupperware. I thought it was fantastic. I went and saw it at a um um one of those Dolby theaters with the Dolby Atmos, huge, almost IMAX size screen. And it was amazing fucking movie. I thought I, I just loved how they kind of like retcon this and just, and it gave us Laurie Strode back in the story here. I, I loved it. I Tupperware it. And it makes me so excited that they're just picking up where the last movie left off. I'm loving everything that I'm hearing about this. It was a 42 second trailer. It ends with us seeing Michael Myers, and I I cannot wait for this movie. It sucks that we have to wait a fucking over a year to get it, nearly a year and a half. Yeah, these these movies are so synonymous with those October release dates, so I, I that's, get that. That's like, not true. Oh, really? Yeah, I remember watching, I think it was Halloween 5 came out in the summer of 95. It was a summer release. Oh. Okay. Okay. It's I, I, they not have they have not always been released in October. I think it was Halloween Five. I remember watching that. It felt like May or June of '95, and I loved that movie too. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. I just assumed, kind of assumed they all came out in October, given that you know the title, Halloween. I'm trying to look it up. I think it was four or five. Five. No, not Halloween five. Because that came out in 89. Which one came out? There was one of them that came out in the 90s. Halloween. Hold on. I'm going to pause. Yeah, uh, no, it was actually, um, it was Halloween, it would have been Halloween 6, it was uh, The Curse of Michael Myers, that came out September 29th. But I know there's... Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, that's like close. two days before October. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Halloween Kills. No, I'm trying to think here. Halloween. I feel like I've watched some of these in the summer, man. August 31st. Yeah, August 31st for Halloween. Yeah, in 2007. That was the Rob Zombie one? Yeah. So that's still, like, late summer. And... Yeah, I think, like, the you're right. Probably the main ones, because Halloween 2 came out October 30th. Like, a day before Halloween. Hmm. Yeah. I assume they would want to at least have a month lead in because I, I, the box office would probably drop after Halloween. Yeah. I'm surprised they released one so close to Halloween like that. Yeah. The first one, 78 came, dropped on, uh, October 27th. But yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Did Stephanie, did you watch the new Halloween? I did. I, uh, it was so great. It brought me right back to that ending scene where they're like, recovering from the battle in the basement and the, when she, well, the minute they saw all of the ambulances and the fire trucks and everything going in her face, it was the best. Yeah. I agree that I'm super excited that they're picking up where the last film left off. I really fingers crossed hope that the film doesn't pick up like what we saw in the trailer where the last film leads off. And then we see like three years later. I don't yeah. want that. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that's it. But it was I'm so exciting. Movies, are, and I love how they don't seem to stray from that formula of like he's just he's never dead. Like I don't ever want that formula to ever change. I love it, and it gets me every single time. I just like the the kills in that last movie were just so brutal, you know. Like, and that's what I love about Michael Myers is like just that big fucking knife just like going through people's yeah. necks. It's just <laughs> it's brutal. It's just it's just so fucking brutal. So. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. That teaser was just enough for me to, to get super excited about this. Um, news from Dark Horizons, uh, several years ago, wrestle, wrestler Hulk Hogan said he wanted Australian actor and Thor star Chris Hemsworth to play him if they ever did a biopic. Uh, it, it felt like a year and a half ago, two years ago, they announced this movie. Um, we're getting more news on it now. And it is happening. Uh, Total Film talked with Hemsworth, and he says he can't wait to tackle this production. He said this movie is going to be a really fun project. As you can imagine, the preparation for the role will be insanely physical. I will have to put on more size than I ever have before, even more than I put on for Thor. There is the accent as well as the physicality and the attitude. I will also have to do a deep dive into the rabbit hole of the wrestling world, which I'm really looking forward to do. Look, I haven't read a script yet. I know it's being written and now worked on. I know very little about that. It's sort of in the process now. I'm just fascinated by that world, and I think they're pretty keen to show a side of the world that people haven't seen before. I'm as intrigued as you are. So it is happening. And it, this is going to, it, it, it sound, it's going to go straight to Netflix. This is not a, this is not a theatrical box office release. Like this is, that's a smart choice. This is going to go straight to Netflix. Well, we, he did extraction with Netflix. And so this is just another Netflix 
you know, original that Thamesworth is, is involved with. But, uh, it, they're, I think they're thinking that the movie will be, they don't know, but it'll probably be called Hulkamania. Aww. Good enough title. And he's gonna, he's gonna dye his hair, like, really blonde, and they are gonna strategically shave his hair to match Hogan's male pattern, male pattern baldness. And they're gonna, I can't wait to see what he looks like. I can't, like, if he's, he's talking about putting on, Hulk Hogan, like, size. Like, he's big, but he's not Hulk Hogan big, right? I mean, Hulk Hogan, he was listed as like, you know, 303 pounds, 6'9", 303. Is he that tall? I don't, I don't think he, I think that they, they always inflate the numbers, I think. I think, I've heard he's, I think he's closer to 6'7". He's still big. That's massive. And he was probably maybe, I don't know, I don't know how much he weighed, maybe 280 or something. He was big. But, yeah, I mean, they always, they, they touted him as like 6'9", 303. And, oh, God, what was it? In Rocky 3, didn't they say when he was fucking Thunderlips that he was like, I don't know, they said, I felt like they said that he was bigger <laughs> than that in that movie. But, Are you laughing at Thunderlips? Yeah. <laughs> uh, We're finding all of Stephanie's trigger words this episode. <laughs> Peacock Thunderlips. <laughs> oh man, I wonder how inside baseball the Hulk movie will get. Because to me, it'll only be really interesting if we can kind of break down the fourth wall of wrestling. Like, I hope the movie doesn't try to pretend like the outcomes aren't fixed. You know what I'm saying? Like, I really want to see an insider look at Hulk Hogan. Like, why did they decide that this is the guy that's going to carry the company? I don't want them to pretend like, oh, it's because he's the best wrestler. Because all the real fans know that it's it's about charisma and, you know, kind of what you make of yourself. And that I just, I hope it's not cheesy and insults the audience by trying to make it seem like all of the wrestling stuff is real. Yeah, I, I hope not. I, I, if it's a biopic, I would hope that they would be genuine. Aren't we supposed to get that Vince McMahon movie still? Like still, I mean, like that was the thing that was being talked about too. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of the reasons that hasn't happened is because Vince kind of was having issues with how much they would be allowed to kind of expose how things work. That's always been a problem when it comes to wrestling biopics. Yeah. Is that it's, you know, it's a little bit like a movie about a magician revealing how he does his tricks is kind of the way the like Vince sees that kind of stuff. I, I think we're past though. Like as far as like, uh, like we all know it's fucking staged now. Like, you know, like back in the day it was, it, they tried to keep it a, like a, like a, like a secret, like, but, you know, it's, it's, I think that's all kind of like out there now, you know? So. Yeah, but the show itself, the show itself still never is forthcoming with that information. Yeah, you but, know? It, but it's and out. even like the docs that yeah. they do on the WWE like network, like they did this Undertaker last ride, which was almost like the Michael Jordan doc, but with the Undertaker, even that still was very like not forthcoming with insider information. Hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, like, I guess at the beginning of this movie, if it says, like, from WWE Studios or whatever, then, like, that's what we might be in for. But if it's just basically, if it's just Hulk Hogan behind this, working with Netflix and Chris Hemsworth and whoever's writing this, like, we hopefully we'll get the real story. But then, uh, you know... They're not going to. Sh- if it's Hulk Hogan that's heavily involved in this, uh, how dark are they going to go with his story? Yeah, you, exactly. You know he fucked over people. You know, with, with his rise to the top. You know, I've watched episodes of Dark Side of the Ring. People that were like very good friends with Hulk Hogan that he's just kind of like blown off once he became like you know superstar. So, I mean, he, he did step on a lot of people to get to the top. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you're, you're absolutely right. The more Hulk is involved, the more like glorified they're going to make the whole thing. They're not going to make him out to be any kind of a bad guy or yeah. villain, yeah. which in some ways he was like yeah. the wrestling was very territory based back then. And he really pissed off a lot of territories. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and if he's involved, I would assume there's a especially just like in the past like 10 years, there's probably a piece of his image he's trying to rebuild still. And so he's going to want to make sure that he can do that maybe through this movie if he has. A lot of input. Yeah, I keep thinking of like how involved Brian May and the band members of Queen were in that movie, you know, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. And how, yeah. It, yeah. It's been a long time since they would even mention Hulk Hogan's name on WWE television. Um, he, you know, was involved in kind of a big controversy with him saying a lot of racist stuff on tape. Well, yeah. And they, they kind they, of blacklisted they, him for a good six, seven years. Well, they removed him from like the, the website and all that, you know? Yeah, correct, correct. It's only just recently in the last year, year and a half that they've slowly started to, like, welcome him back to the show. Yeah. And it's been mixed with the fans. Like, Hogan's been booed a few times in the last year in mm. some of his appearances. Yeah. Uh, news from Deadline, Ryan Gosling's Wolfman uh, is... Uh, it's happening. There was a rumor that Ryan Gosling was going to do the Wolfman movie. He was actually like writing it. But now director Lee Winnell and Blumhouse have joined this project. Universal Pictures has set its Wolfman project on a fast track to production. Lee Winnell is negotiating. If yeah, Lee Winnell recently did the Invisible Man movie before that, he did Upgrade. I love this director. Uh, Australian director, just fan. Fucking tastic! I think Lee Winnell is amazing, and I, I don't think it's any coincidence that that uh, the next movie in this uh, Universal Monsters universe is going to be directed by the same guy that did the Invisible Man. I, I feel like they—I don't know if they trust anyone else to do this. I don't know if they—I don't know if they trust any other director to usher in the Universal Monsters, other than Lee Winnell. I, they're keeping it strictly Lee Winnell here, but Ryan Gosling is going to be he's in talks to be the lead role in this and jason blum's blumhouse has boarded the picture to be producer along with gosling gosling actually at one time said he had a great idea for this movie um that uh you know he had a great idea for a wolfman movie and he wanted to do a wolfman movie well, I, I, it doesn't look like they're using his idea because they're getting <laughs> Lee Winnell to write this one. Uh, Blumhouse is being brought into this. Universal's doing this, but Blumhouse is bring, br- being brought into this as producers because Lee Winnell has a first look um, with Blumhouse. So any project that he writes, or directs, or produces, Blumhouse has a first look deal with Lee Winnell. So they're being brought on board with this as well. 
Um, the Invisible Man had a $7 million budget. It made $124 million worldwide. So it, wow. it's, I mean, it, there, there's no, like, it, it it's just, it, there's no question why they're fucking having Lee Winnell it, usher in the next Universal Monsters movie with Wolfman. I personally, like, I'm super excited for this. I honestly, I want Lee Winnell to reimagine every property that I love, Jake. I'm not even, I'm not even kidding right now. Every property I love that has not worked in the last fucking 20, 30 years of reboots, I want Lee Winnell behind it. I think this guy can do no wrong. I think if you give Lee Winnell the crow, if you give Lee Winnell Robocop, if you give him aliens, I think this guy's going to hit it out of the park every fucking time. I think this guy just gets it. I mean, he did it with, with the invisible man, Jake. The Invisible Man. Yeah, I mean, that was a giant hit in the theater and then just made a shit ton of money on VOD as well. And I think if anybody can do it here with the Wolfman, I, I think I think Ryan Gosling and Lee Winnell in this, I, I you know, I I think we're going to have another hit on our hands here. Like, are they going to go CGI with the transformation or are we going to go back to old school? Are we going to go back prosthetics? Hmm. Maybe a mix of both might be best. I don't know, man. I I, I honestly think it'll be CGI. I, I think it'll be CGI. I mean, but if you're looking at like, you know, American Werewolf in in uh, American Werewolf in Paris, or is it American Werewolf in London? London. London. Yeah, Thank London. you. Paris was a sequel, right? Yes. American Werewolf in London. If you're looking at that, it's like, I think it's still regarded as like one of the most amazing transformations, you know, that they've ever done with like prosthetics. And I think, I still think it holds up today. But I, I, I mean, if we're looking at, if we're looking at the invisible man as any kind of like, you know, indication as to what they'll do here. I think it'll be, it'll be CGI. Yeah, that makes sense. It's definitely the safer bet thinking it would be CGI. I'm, I'm, t- I tupper with this news. I think this is fantastic. I think it, I, I, I can't see this not being great. I can't wait. I, there's going to be a spin on it. There's got to be a spin on this. It's not just going to be, it's just not going to be the classic, you know, fucking wolfman story there's there's going to be there's going to be a new take on this i'm really looking forward to this yeah it, it should be exciting I, he, he can definitely it's always just kind of been the same story over and over again when they do the wolfman too so it, it'll, it'll be fresh to see a new take did you ever see like I, th- I think of that shitty jack nicholson movie wolf wolf with uh yeah. with uh michelle pfeiffer right yeah, it was, it's so terrible in my opinion. I watched it one time after it came out, and I just thought it was awful. I I, I never revisited it. Yeah, it's, it's absolute garbage. Did you watch the Benicio del Toro movie? I don't know that I saw that one. What was that called? Was it Was it Wolfman? Hmm. I'm trying to look it up. <laughs> this episode God. is the episode where we look shit up. We, we take time. We take. We take time out of the episode to look up the host of Supermarket Sweep. 
Oh God, his IMDb, <laughs> his fucking IMDb is so fucking extensive. It's like hard to find real fast. Uh, yeah, this episode sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pause. All right, what is it, Jake? The Wolfman came out in 2010. Yeah. Anthony Hopkins and Emily Blunt and Hugo Weaving are in this as well. Directed by Captain America director Joe Johnston. Oh, wow. Yeah. Have you ever seen it? No, I have not. I don't think I've ever seen it now either. Still 15 bucks to get on iTunes. You. Oh, fuck that. It's not streaming anywhere? No, it's a 34% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, fuck that. So maybe don't rush out to see this one. <laughs> oh, my God. I... Joe Johnston movie. What are Joe Johnston movies that you do want to watch right now? Rocketeer, everybody. Yeah, Mighty Joe Young. Uh, I, I don't know if I ever saw that one. One of uh, Charlize Theron's earliest movies. That was with the with the big with the big ape, right? The Mighty Joe. Yeah, Young. it's actually. Yeah. It's, I, I'm not even making fun. That's actually a really charming movie. I don't. I don't think I've ever seen that. I don't think I've ever seen Mighty <laughs> Joe Young. Yeah, worth a watch if you've never seen it. It's a 55% on Rotten Tomatoes. You know Bill what, Paxton's in it as well. You know the other movie I didn't watch? Operation Dumbo Drop. Never seen oh, it. Oh, that's a legendary, terrible movie. It With Bill Murray, I've seen it. Never seen it. Stephanie, you ever seen Operation Dumbo Drop? <laughs> no. Based on a true story, correct, Jake? Correct. <laughs> I don't even have to look that up. I know that's true. <sighs> Oh man, we got a storm out here, Jake. Is it storm warning? Oh, it's going absolutely apeshit here. I had to move away from my window about 20 minutes ago. Yeah, I don't care if people hear it. Podcastawards.com. Um, <laughs> Mar- Best weather in a podcast goes to. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even playing bumpers for the segments anymore, Jake, which is, you know what I mean? I just move into these segments without playing the bumpers. I didn't play the news bumper, I don't think. Ah, uh, there's so little material in the news these days. Who needs the bumpers? At me, so I can fucking like take a drink or something. You know, I, mean? I, I never get to hear him anyway. There are these things that I got to be like ass silent during. Yeah, we're, now we're just pulling the curtain back for everybody. <laughs> 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 Stephanie, Stephanie, how how are you holding up during this shit? Jesus Christ, this is terrible. I'm having a great time. I'm laughing. This is fun. Oh my god, I hate this, Jake. I hate everything about it. I want this nightmare to end. If this no, I'm with Stephanie. I, it, it's fun. Good? Eh, debatable. Fun? Yes. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't understand that. How, what's a, how can something be fun but not good? I mean, it's fun to do, but probably not so good to listen to. <laughs> oh, so the, you, you're the – okay. So basically, you two are the only ones that are enjoying any of this. <laughs> Yeah, Seems yes. that way. Me and the rest of the listening audience are just in fucking hell right now. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> this is like, you remember earlier when I asked the question, like, what's worse, drowning or being on fire? This is like being both at the same time. This <laughs> oh, is like, this is like choking on water as you're being set on fire. It's like it's like drowning and being set on fire at the same time, which is I don't think it's possible, but that's what's happening. That's <laughs> somehow this, pop culture leftovers figured out. Somehow we did it. We figured it out. Somebody threw put a hose in our fucking mouth. Our lungs are filling up. Stephanie's yawning right now. <laughs> oh, no. That's where we're fucking at in the episode, Jake. Stephanie fucking <laughs> yawned. <laughs> Gotta throw some more peacocks at her. 
<laughs> See? Oh, my God. Oh, let the nightmare end. Oh, thank God we just got Marvel and DC and we're going to end this shit. Oh, my God. Stephanie yawns. <laughs> Stephanie yawned, Jake. That's where we're at, Jake. <laughs> Ste- no, Jake, Stephanie yawned. I, I hear you. It, it made food. me want to yawn. <laughs> oh, I'm having, still having a great time. I'm having a great time. <laughs> she's worn out from how much fun she's having. <laughs> Stretching back there. <laughs> I'm having a great time. <laughs> yeah, whatever. You're ready to fucking end this shit, too. No. <laughs> Stop. No. No. Stop it. Stop it. You, you really fucked your case up with that yawn, Stephanie. I did. I did. Oh my God. It's, yeah, you're ready to wrap this up. This is like, this is like you saw that penis and you're like, uh, uh-uh, uh, that, no, that ain't happening. <laughs> not to, no, not tonight, too not ever. Curve. Too much of a fucking curve on that thing. <laughs> Look at, oh my God. Look at, it looks like, looks like a fucking boomerang. Looks like I, <laughs> if I fucking threw your dick, it would fucking come back to me. And I don't want it to come back to me. <laughs> I hate this episode, Jay. <laughs> I, I feel like nobody's heart is in it. Oh, I'm, my heart's in it. It's been a fun one. <laughs> I stand by the, the fun I'm having. <laughs> your, your giggle's hilarious. <laughs> It's like a true giggle. <laughs> what, if, what if you went to an amusement park and every time you got off a ride, there was somebody like me, but like, did you have fun on that ride? Oh, I don't believe you. And, and then you had, you had to, you had to, you had to like, you had to like defend yourself. Like, no, I had fun. It was a fun, it was a fun ride. I, I enjoyed vomiting it. Vomiting in the garbage can. I had fun. I know, no, Jake, like, like I, I had fun on that ride. That was, that was fun. And I just keep hounding you. I keep hounding you the entire time. Are, are you, are you sure you had fun on that ride? When, when you, when you raised your hands up and you went, woo, did you really mean that? <laughs> no, my heart was not in that woo. <laughs> oh man. I, no, seriously. I sound, oh God. Um, let's move on. Marvel news. This is terrible. <laughs> this is terrible. Marvel news. Black Widow movie news. This comes from Dark Horizons. Uh, in a surprise admission, this early filmmaker, Kate Shortland, uh, Kate Shortland has made it clear that the upcoming Black Widow film isn't just about offering a better look into Scarlett Johansson's character, Natasha Romanoff, but also serves as a launch pad for her successor to the Black Widow moniker, Florence Pugh's Yelena Belova. As we know, the film will be set between the events of Captain America Civil War and Avengers Infinity War allowing Natasha one last big screen outing after the character's demise in Avengers Endgame. Speaking with Empire, Shortland says Marvel's Kevin Feige deliberately didn't just want to do a run-of-the-mill prequel origin story. This is her quote. Kevin Feige realized that the audience would be ex- would, would expect an origin story, so of course we went in the opposite direction. And we didn't know how great Florence Pugh would be. We knew she would be great, but we didn't know how great. Scarlett is so gracious, like, oh, I'm handing her the baton. So it's going to propel another female storyline. 
So it definitely sounds like Pew's character, a sister figure to Natasha, will eventually take on the title, much like Anthony Mackie's Sam Wilson took over the Captain America mantle. Shortland also spoke about Natasha's death in Endgame. Quote, in Endgame, the fans were upset that Natasha did not have a funeral, whereas Scarlet, when I spoke to her about it, said Natasha wouldn't have wanted a funeral. She's too private anyway. People don't really know who she is, so what we did in this film was allow the ending to be the grief the individuals felt rather than a big public outpouring. I think that's a fitting ending for her. So this totally goes against what Florence Pugh herself said. This handing of the baton, this passing of the torch, this Florence Pugh taking over the Black Widow mantle as uh, Yelena Belova. Because back in December, when asked if she was taking over the mantle, this is what Florence Pugh responded with. And we reported on this back when it happened, and I called bullshit then. And she said, no, I actually will say when we were making it, it wasn't anything like that at all. And I'm saying it very honestly. It certainly didn't feel like a passing of the torch kind of film when we were making it. And and I think the direction and the feeling and the vibe. I just lost power. All right. Hey, yeah, we're back. We ha- I'm sorry about that. Uh, power out. Power went out here and it just came back on. So it was out for like just a few moments, but it took like 15 minutes uh, for me to get my internet back. I'm not sure how long it's going to last. So I think basically with, with that plan, podcastawards.com, everybody, <laughs> <laughs> just, just to remind everybody, we're going to be ending this one a little bit sooner than I planned. Cause this is, it's, it's a terrible storm out there. I don't know how much longer this is going to last. And I want to make sure that we hit the big story here, but it looks like, it looks like Florence Pugh is going to be taking over the mantle as Black Widow, regardless from what her earlier statements were back in, in December. So I, I kind of saw this coming and I, I didn't take a lot of stock into like what she was saying. I just I looked at it and basically Jake, Stephanie, I looked at it as kind of like the Russo brothers kind of like lying about different things and all this other stuff. You know what what's going on in Infinity War and Endgame and and um Maybe she wasn't privy to the information, but I, it sure did feel. She probably to me. was, and she probably just knew that she couldn't come out and like basically spoil the ending in the movie by, you know, divulging that information. So yeah, I think she was just being coy, and she yeah. she probably did know. Yeah, I would happen to agree with you. Let's just move into like the big story in DC news. And the big story um, this week is it comes from comicbook.com. Batman director Matt Reeves is developing a TV spinoff about the Gotham PD for his upcoming Batman reboot for his HBO Max. For HBO Max, the series will be overseen by Reeves and Terrace Winter from Boardwalk Empire and, quote, will be set in the world Reeves is creating for the feature film The Batman, with the intent being to launch a new Batman universe across multiple platforms. It is said to build on the film's examination of the anatomy of corruption in Gotham City. 
Uh, it is the first project in an overall deal Reeves has with Warner Brothers TV and marks a bold but familiar new expansion of the Batman franchise. Matt Reeves issued a statement about the project. Uh, this came from Warner Brothers. This is an amazing opportunity not only to expand the vision of the world I'm creating in the film, but to explore it in the kind of depth and detail that only a long-form format could afford. And getting to work with the incredibly talented Terrence Winter, who has written so insightfully and powerfully about worlds of crime and corruption, is an absolute dream. So, yeah, it looks like we're getting a uh, basically Gotham uh, PD series here set in the world that Matt Reeves is creating in the Batman. Uh, Jake, what are your thoughts on on this? Yeah, interesting. Hard not to uh, think of Ed Brubaker's Gotham Central series that he did for DC here. Like, obviously, it's got to be a little bit inspired by that. Uh, I believe Greg, Greg Rucka wrote some of that as well, I believe. Um I'm kind of surprised that they would green light this so soon without seeing like how well received this movie is in the first place. Like they must have a lot of stock and faith in this movie to already be planning like a television spinoff, I guess is the, is the wrong word, but just, you know, to enhance the, the universe like this, I, I think it sounds like it could be really cool, but I, I'm surprised that they're already so gung-ho about it without even knowing how well-received and how well this new Batman movie is going to do in the first place. Well, I mean, how many seasons did Gotham last on Fox? Yeah, but it got to live in its own little bubble. You know, it's not like it was codependent on feature films to exist. Well, this this has been confirmed. This is uh we got this news today. I'm going to read this from Dark Horizons. The Batman TV series is a prequel. So this goes on to say, following yesterday's report that Warner Brothers is developing a spin-off series set in the same world as Matt Reeves' upcoming The Batman film, a new de- a new key detail has emerged. Variety's Justin Kroll says that the show which is currently being described as an adaptation of the Gotham Central comics, will, quote, be set before the the Batman is set and dive into how Gotham became corrupt and infested with criminals. That definitely makes it a prequel and not unlike what Fox's Gotham has covered over its five-year run. Though the enlisting of Boardwalk Empire creator Terrence Winter has led to speculation it could be a period piece. Kroll also adds that he, quote, has no idea if Pattinson will make an appearance. It's hoped more details will be revealed at DC Fandom next month. Yeah, DC Fandom is the at-home convention for DC, and that is happening on August 22nd. Oh, that's cool. Um, so yeah, I guess one of the biggest differences between this and Gotham is this will be way less like focused on prequels to all the Batman villains and more focused on the actual police and the corruption within. Is this something that you're looking forward to? I think it could be really cool. I think, um, having it on HBO, gives them license to be a little bit more mature and adult than what they were able to do on a Fox TV show. Um, and I think that's kind of the route that Brubaker and Rucka went when they wrote the comic. It, it was kind of a little bit more of a mature audience's comic book. And uh, yeah, I, I, I would definitely give this show a watch. I, I'm looking forward to checking this out. I wish I, and I, this is one of my, 
Uh, I hate to admit this. I have never seen Boardwalk Empire. I know it's beloved. And I know it's... <laughs> Stephanie, have you seen it? Oh, yeah. Okay. So maybe you can fill us in on like maybe like what we can expect from Terrence Winter here in this series. Like is Boardwalk Empire a show? And I know it's completed. Is it a show that you loved? I did. I loved it. Uh, I loved maybe the first half of the series I loved. Um, for me, it didn't hold up as well towards the end, but that didn't keep me from watching it because I was so invested. Um, it was, it's, it was gritty. It was kind of raw at times. Um, and I'd say, you know, it was based on some actual events, but the, Gotham isn't a real place. So that doesn't really apply, but, um, yeah, it was good. I like that. What my, the thing, the thing I liked the most about Boardwalk Empire was how gritty it was. Um, and so if that, even a, just a small aspect of that could be brought to this series on HBO, I think there's a chance it could do, it could be really good and do really well. So we'll get the movie first and then we'll get this to kind of expound on like how Gotham got this way. Gotham's got to be fucked up by the time we get into, <laughs> into the movie, the Batman. Wouldn't you agree? Oh yeah, Gotham's got to be major fucked up. I mean, yeah. that's kind of it. Kind of creates the world that Batman needs to exist in the first place, right? If this series is going to show us how Gotham became corrupt and infested with criminals, I'm imagining that Gotham, by the time that Robert Pattinson is introduced into this movie, The Batman, that it's just got to it. It's going to be. It's it's just going to be a fucking nightmare for him. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't really like to me a little bit of the issue with Gotham was too much Batman centric. Like, I, I think the charm here is seeing Gotham before Batman is healthy. Like, I would want Batman if Robert Pattinson was going to appear in the show, I would want it to be in the last episode and only the last episode. Well, that's kind of like I, guys, I didn't finish Gotham. I mean, I, I went I think I went the better. I, I think I, I watched most of the second season. I started dropping, I think, when um, uh, Mr. Freeze started to get involved in the series. And I don't know. I just it just wasn't my favorite thing to watch. So but I mean, it was it was a young Bruce Wayne in that. I, I Yeah, see, I don't even want to see that, though. I don't want to see a young Bruce Wayne in the show at all. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, and I'm hoping that that's but it was more. um uh, a, it was a young, um, uh, God, um, uh, Gordon. It was a young, uh, detective Gordon in this one mm-hmm. in Gotham. And I was just kind of like, I don't know. I just got burnt out on it. I just got burnt out on it and a ton of episodes every season. And I just kind of got burnt out on it, but I don't know. We'll see. I mean, are, are they going to, are, are we going to see, I mean, I can't imagine that they're going to get like, I think it'll be more of like the crime families. I don't think it'll be big time Batman villains. I don't think you're getting Colin Farrell in this as the Penguin. I don't think Pal Dano is going to be appearing as the Riddler. But I, I could be wrong. I don't know. Yeah, I would love to just see a straight crime drama on a mature HBO level. You know, eight to ten episode seasons, not bogged down in doing prequels for Batman Rogues Gallery. Like, if it can avoid those kind of pitfalls, this is a show I'd really want to watch. 
You can't tell me. So we're not going to get any mentions of Thomas Wayne and the Wayne family or anything. I mean, uh, Easter eggs are one thing, but I think Gotham did much more than Easter eggs. It was straight up focused on those characters. Well, I mean, there was a lot. I mean, you had a lot of the villains in Gotham and you had. Uh, I mean, there was a lot of Alfred and young and young Bruce. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. And I don't know. I just and there was just a little bit too heavy on introducing so many of Batman's rogues galleries. Like one or two is fine, but it almost felt like every week was fucking sweeps week on Gotham, where we were introducing Catwoman and introducing Mister Freeze and introducing Joker and introducing Penguin. And well, introducing I'm just I'm, I'm trying to figure out like what's the what's the appeal to this then? Like if you're gonna have a it's go- if you're, corruption, corruption within the police and like almost like a Sopranos like type of show but then why i mean why even have it connected with batman at all then if you're not going to have any i mean i get what you're saying i, I it totally, just shows the what it just shows why batman is needed here yeah but it doesn't have to show batman like it just it'll enhance the movie by showing how batman is needed to come in and do detective work because no one else is willing to do the but honest have job to have, that needs to be done. But we have to have some sort of like protagonist in this. And we have to have like a main character that we're following. But like if – so we already kind of like it, – it just reminds me of like a series like we know how it's going to end. They can't stop it and they're going to need Batman. I, I just don't see like wh- where this can go to get me excited just just to see like a downward spiral of a city just going to hell and a protagonist just spinning their wheels trying to stop it and they can't and the series ends with like the hope of batman i don't know I mean, does that i don't know this i don't know if that's something i i don't know if something i care to see <laughs> I, I i think um do you see what i'm saying yeah, I, though I understand completely what you're saying that there's a little an element of boredom just knowing how it all ends up but yeah. i think a lot of that can be shifted just by tone and performances and, you know, like on paper, it, it very well could be a boring paint by numbers television show. But, but I have a lot of faith in HBO and these kind of drama shows. And I think they could really bring it here in a way that the Fox Gotham show never was able to do. Well, I mean, you're bringing in Terrence Winter who like I like I like I said, I haven't watched Boardwalk Empire but I've, I've just heard people rave about it. And like every time I mention it to somebody that has, or somebody mentions it to me that they've watched it and I'm like, I haven't seen it. They're like, Oh my God, you got to watch it. So, yeah. and I mean, I guess like that's, I'm just thinking like if, if he's involved in like an original story, that's fine. It's just like, I already know how this is going to end. I think it's like as difficult as making something as like the star Wars prequel with like the story of Anakin, like work. We already know how I think it the turns in, out. I think so. the intrigue here is going to be not knowing which cops are dirty in the first episode. Okay. And kind of slowly finding out which cops are on the level and which cops are not. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. That's interesting. And because that's a lot what, like, Gotham Central was like. And Brubaker is so good at that, like, crime noir mystery drama. And that's kind of the stuff he was doing in, in the book, you know? Oh, I love Brubaker. Yeah. Yeah. They should. And it, it did, you know, I didn't even know that this was going to be inspired off of his run. And that write-up that you read from Vulture just straight up said that it was. Variety. So, Variety. 
Well, variety, my apologies. So that's where I see a lot of the intrigue being in this show is, you know, episode six, the character you thought was the hero cop has his hands straight up in the mob, you know? Spoilers. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) But but like stuff like that, I think could be, be really intriguing. Yeah. Stephanie, what are you thinking about this one? Um, I'm not sure. Yeah. I think, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, okay. I'll be like, if you ask me, if you ask me, are you excited about a Batman project without Batman? <laughs> I'm just going to be fucking honest with you. No, I just, I want to see Matt, what Matt Reeves does with the Batman. Am I excited to see, you know, this Batman? I'm not. I'm not. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm not excited to see this. And maybe maybe if I watch Boardwalk Empire, I'd have a completely different view on this. But I you know, and Jake, I haven't read Gotham Central, so I I couldn't tell you anything about that. So like I I'm excited to see you know, Robert Pattinson suit up as the Batman. I'm excited to see what Matt Reeves does with this. But am I excited for this Gotham centric HBO Max series? Not yet. I'm on the fence. I'm like, I'm like, it's a wait and see for me, man. No, I can't argue that. I don't fault you at all. And like, just like I said, I, I still do think it's very weird that they're going full force into making this without even knowing how well received the actual, like, yeah, main Batman property is going to be. And I keep thinking to myself, like, they say Matt Reeves is involved in this, but how, how involved? I I feel like it's just like, it's like, it's, it's like, um, you know, something that they, 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 you know, like a new, uh, JJ Abrams produced thing where like, maybe he'll direct the first episode and then he's gone. You know, like what was that fucking, what was that show on NBC where all the lights went out and it was a JJ Abrams thing? Like, how involved oh, was he that in was that? Called. I, gosh, that show was fucking stupid. It was one of those lost clones. Yeah, like, and and how involved was he? Like, it, you know, barely. It, it, you know, he was just basically kind of like his name was just slapped on there, like you know, produced by J.J. Abrams, and the, the show was not that great. And like, I don't know, I don't know how involved Matt Reeves is going to be in this. Um, at the end of the day, I think it'll be this uh, Terrence Winters baby, but. We'll I mean, that's, that's the unfortunate way that they are in Hollywood. I mean, Lost was the same way. Abrams was really only involved in the pilot, and that's Lindelof's show. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, J.J. gets all the praise and hate for everything that happened when really all he did was write and direct a pilot and then left. Right. <laughs> like, right. he had he had 0% input on anything other than the first two episodes of that series. Yeah. But it gets brought up all the time, like, you know, even after Rise of the Skywalker, it was like, oh, J.J. doesn't know how to end things. He didn't end Lost right. It's like J.J. hadn't been involved in Lost since episode two. Yeah. But- it's just crazy how Hollywood, like, assigns the biggest name to the, to the project even – Years after that person isn't involved in all at all. I, I well, I th- for me it wasn't like it wasn't like I was worried about. Uh, we just hadn't seen JJ really end anything. Is what I'm saying. Like he did the second. No, yeah, he did the second. He did the second Star Trek movie into darkness. So we all hated that. So when we got somebody else to direct that third movie, um, it was a kind of like a breath of fresh air. Was it Simon Pegg who directed that third one? 
Or I think mm, I felt like he wrote I feel this. Like, I feel like Simon Pegg wrote the screen. The next one that never happened. He yeah yeah. Because I, 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 I know there was a lot of bad blood between Tarantino and Simon Pegg for a while there. Hmm. I don't know about this fucking Batman, <laughs> Batman less Gotham show again. Yeah, it seems like a weird announcement to make when we've got a movie that can't even resume filming yet. <laughs> uh. Did you hear about Jurassic Park? Dominion got shut down after one day of resuming filming. Are you kidding me? Yeah, they had a massive COVID outbreak on the first day. We talked about this last week with uh, when June and Paul were on. I I, I said, like, you know, like, what are they going to do, like, when they start resuming filming and there's an outbreak? Like, I think it's just going to affect other productions and they're just going to, I mean, nothing's going to start filming. And Jake, think about, I brought this up last week too, like, with all the precautions that they're gonna have to put in place, I was thinking like, a regular three to four month filming could take twice as long with all the things that they have to do in order, and that's gonna cost the studio more money. It just doesn't make sense right now to resume anything. Yeah, they had all the precautions too, they had like hand wash stations freaking everywhere, and they were doing extensive testing, and yeah, by the end of the first day, they'd already had new cases of COVID on oh the set of Dominion God. and they had to stop already. Oh and that was kind God. of the test to see if Batman was going to be able to keep going too. And yeah. so yeah, not looking good. Oh my God. Yeah. I wish I could get more excited about this and maybe I will get more excited about this Gotham Batman less TV series once they do some <laughs> once they do I mean, it is it's bad I don't know it's like it's like Jake you're saying like I want this Gotham and I'm not mocking you you're saying like, I want this Gotham series to have no Batman in it and I want it to just be about this and that and I get that but then on the flip side it's like I don't really care about a Batman less Gotham project. I want Yeah, I, you know, I would watch a mature HBO cop drama with or without tie-ins to the DC universe. Like that's I, what I just, I'm just made of, if, like the CSIs of the world and just have Terrence Winter do another fucking just have him do a fucking just just have him do a, a, a like a police drama or something with a corrupt town. We don't need it to be uh, we don't need it to be Batman adjacent, but with no Batman. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the draw is then. I don't get it. I like, mean, if, if Matt Reeves' Batman is going to be kind of a film, film noir Batman with kind of a, a, you know, a police enforcement that you can't necessarily trust, I think this kind of show could enhance that atmosphere. Okay. So I, I just don't need the, the shows don't need to hold hands directly to enhance each other. I think it could work. It, oh yeah, it, sure. It could work. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Go ahead. Do you, think there's a, do you think there's a chance it'll, it'll be graphic as in violence? Yes. Why do it on HBO if it's not? I mean, and the guy that did boardwalk empires doing it, uh, it's not it's yeah. sure, surely going to be violent. I, I imagine swearing. I imagine violence. If I don't see the penguins dick, 
in this <laughs> in this fucking series, I'm out. I want to see. I don't some, blame you. I want to see some penguin penis. <laughs> I don't blame you. I mean, I saw every fucking dick under the sun in in Game of Thrones. <laughs> I want to. Some see, got cut off. I want to see some fucking penguin cock. I want to see Alfred's butthole. <laughs> I don't want to see Alfred at all. <laughs> I want to, no, I just want, I just want to, I just want a cameo of his butthole, Jake. That's all I want. Like a little. <laughs> God, this new Batman show, every villain, we have to see their butthole. <laughs> oh man. Ah, oh. yeah, I don't know. Mr. Freeze's, Mr. Freeze's ball sack. There it is. And all of its, all of its glory. It's finally shiny glory. Yes. Oh my God. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I'm sure there are people that, I don't know. You can announce anything. Somebody's going to get excited for it. (laughs) I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, it's just, I don't know. It's a, it's a Batman less show about, is it though? Is it, do we know it's Batman less? It's just a oh, prequel. No, we don't. Uh, we just, I, I, at least I just hope it is. I guess, but I, I don't, but I don't want to, I don't really care to see that show either. Gotham Central was a great fucking comic book. And, and okay. I think Batman was in, I only read the first 12 issues, but Batman showed up in like two panels. Okay. All right. All right. Well, I hope, I hope it's great, man. <laughs> great, great names behind it, you know. Got some good people behind it. Matt Reeves is involved. Who knows how, how much. But yeah, it looks like this Terrence Winter from Boardwalk Empire is going to be probably, he's probably going to be like the, the big guy behind this. He's going to probably be the showrunner, I would imagine. Yeah, probably, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I don't think he'd even dip his toes in unless he got creative control here. Yeah. Oh man. I just, if, yeah, I wanted to, I just want to see some genitalia in this one. <laughs> I don't blame you. It's HBO. That's what you come for. That's what yeah. I come. Oh, <laughs> literally. That's what I literally. No, no pun intended. <laughs> no cum intended. But there, it, there is a lot of cum. That is gr- <laughs> Brian. That is gross. <laughs> That's filthy. That's so filthy. <laughs> Brian, you're so filthy. <laughs> Sorry, mom. I'm an embarrassment to the family. I get it. Get it. Oh, I'm done. And I, was, I was hoping the power was going to go off. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, I, I was praying for the power to go off. That's hilarious. I was praying for the power to go off before the power went off. Hours ago. I was Hours like a ago. Delay. As soon as I said... Welcome to Pop Culture Left. I was literally praying for the power to go off in that moment. I was doing like rain dances and stuff the entire time during the intro. Were you? Yeah. They didn't work fast enough. Yeah. I'm ready. Let's, let's end this. Let's end this nightmare. Do it. Catchphrase it up. Stephanie, thank you. Thank you for having me. No. I had fun. God damn it. Did you really? How, I did. how could you? This is about as bad as watching a Batman Scott. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. 
Stephanie, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. <laughs> that, that didn't sound real. That's, that's, did you take drama in high school? No. Did, what, did, did it, it sound, it it's, sounded, it, it didn't sound real? No, it sounded like those drama classes kicked in. And it was, it, <laughs> Oh, Jake. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. What do you think? This is the last episode? No, no, you, you no. Think we, we got end? at least three more in us. You think? You think <laughs> Dude, I'm, I, I am ready to put this out the pasture. I am ready to bury this in a cemetery next to a fucking dump. Okay? Yeah, I'm ready to bury it in the dump. Oh man, guys, just like all good leftovers say in their doggy bags, thank you for your patronage. Thanks for whatever the fuck you had to put up with this week. And we'll see you next week with, I'm sure, what will be another bang up fucking episode. <laughs> Peace out, y'all. Bye. <laughs> so depressing at the end. <laughs> yeah, I got that way, didn't it? <laughs> it's. <laughs> And my, even my laugh right now is just like, it's an awkward kind of like, I'm sorry I let everyone down. It's like, it's, it's, it's like I'm laughing, but there's a lot of shame behind it. There's a lot of, there's a lot, there's a lot of like, I let people down on this one. And it's like, it's like, um, you know, all those people that are like, you know, yeah, man, you say the episodes suck. But they're always good. Like this is the one where they're gonna they're gonna be like, "You were right, it did." <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> it was it was so bad, Jake, that nature tried to end it. <laughs> <laughs> God was like in this episode. Yes. God, God himself intervened and no, said, funny. and said, and said, Hey, I'm going to give you an out. I'm going to give you an out right now. Now, whether you try to pick this back up and end it, that's up to you. But like, like I'm still recording. Oh, shit. <laughs> Guys, hey, see you next week. Whatever, bye. Later, y'all. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and it's all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a walk rat, but it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Could it be-
toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, clean erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture. Leftover. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said. Leftover. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers. Original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft and live a shaft of crap, even though we're the shit. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the poor kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, clean erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over counterculture, push over pop culture. Leftovers. Cool kids, what's to say's already been said. Leftovers, pretty sure the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture. Leftover, uncool kids, what's to say's already been said. Leftover, sure only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers.